and welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number 23. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. Yeah, we made it officially. A few more days to the season starts. How are you feeling? Yeah, very exciting. I mean, this time next week we're going to have had an NFL game, aren't we? So um, you're going to stay out next Thursday? You know, I'll stay up and watch a bit. I know exactly what will happen, though. I'll fall asleep, wake up on the Friday with a load of... Uh, rubbish points in the bank it always happens don't it <laughs> every friday you wake up and your guy that you're waiting to see points and you get you get up and he's got 4.67 and you're fuming for the rest of the weekend absolutely raging it's gonna happen but i can't wait for it how about you yeah we're uh, it's, what we're all, it's what we're here for as i was saying to you the other day we're, we're the grinders we kind of do it all year and we're losing the playoffs to someone who's sorting out their waivers this week weren't we Oh, mate, it's been full of it this week. This week, I've seen so many people dropping lads and doing waivers. I've not seen them since December. Um, shambles, to be fair. Maybe we're yeah. the geeks. Who knows? Yeah, probably that way. But uh, yeah, welcome back, everybody, to doing fantasy football. We've been on it all year. Yeah, we're definitely going to uh, lose to one of these knobs in the final, but it happens every <laughs> year. I love it. <laughs> so, this, so this week, again, we're mainly going to cover uh, fantasy-relevant news, player news. And uh, we're going to do some analysis on all the roster cuts, practice squads and players that we may need to keep an eye on or deep sleepers. And um, we'll also have some trades from our leagues this week. And as always, I'll have a quick word on uh, on hard knocks. But um, as always, this week, we'll start with the news. So take us to the first piece of news. Yes, the first piece of news. It's um, Cooper Cup, not quite as healthy as we thought he might be. He's been described as day-to-day with a hamstring injury, but... Uh, we know day-to-day generally means week-to-week, and he's, he's obviously come off quite a serious injury. So, um, I mean, I've got cuffing quite a few uh, quite a few startups this year at a decent value. I'm regretting it a bit now, but this is bad news, isn't it? Yeah, it just ties in with his age as well, and I, I think it makes him probably untradeable at the moment, doesn't it? You're not going to be able to move him if you've got him, and um, you're kind of stuck with him. He's going to be fine when he plays. It's just, are these soft-tissue injuries now going to be a thing at his age, isn't it? Yeah, that's the problem. And, you know, thankfully we picked him up a quite decent value in a few startups. I've got him in one redraft league um, and uh, he's got to ride it out. I suppose what we probably need to do is think about what do you do next? I mean, who's the next man up in this uh, wide receiver room? It's not the best room, is it? Yeah, it's probably Van Jefferson, uh, maybe some Tutu Atwell and some Puka Nakua. But, um, yeah, I think Van Jefferson will probably start out as a wide receiver one there, won't he? It's not a great room, to be fair. Yeah, it probably is Puka Nakua, but... um, yeah, definitely not a great room. And uh, just wonder if they're going to hold him out for a couple of weeks and get him healthy. I don't know when they're buyers. I can't quite remember. But um, yeah, it's one to one to watch, really. I think I'll probably be steering clear in any redrafts this weekend. Yeah, we've got our um, our kind of home league redraft this weekend. Is it eight, eighth year, is it, running? We both won it previously, both of us. Yeah, it's a 14-teamer redraft as well, isn't it? And it's uh, one QB, so it's a bit old school. Um, really looking forward to that. It's the only draft that we do that's not slow nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite nice just uh, getting through it on that Sunday night, isn't it? But quick decisions, I think it's 90 seconds per pick. Yeah, you always panic and, you know, you lose signal and it auto-picks a lot of rubbish for you. So we'll see. It's tough, though, because it's 14 teams. If you're at the turn on 14, it's it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, where are you picking this year? I'm at, uh, I'm at 110 this year. I've, I've actually not checked. I don't think I had a good season last year, so um, I think I'm sort of in the mid. Uh, we, we'll see. Either way, I'll, I'll moan. I don't like picking from anywhere, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it won't be good. Uh, I'm just going to check, actually, where you are. Uh, I'm definitely at 110 because I, I had a really good side, but I finished 
I got knocked out in the uh, quarters or the semis early. But yeah, I got to the playoffs and I think I was one and done. But I had a really good side. It's just the way it goes. Uh, you're at one seven this year. Once, I mean, that is the worst, isn't it, really? One seven, bang in the middle. You can't sort of take advantage of a run. Um, terrible, but uh, I'll have to start doing some research, actually. I've not really looked at our home league. So, yeah, looking forward to that Sunday night. What time are we talking? Uh, I think it's half nine, I think, Sunday night. Lovely, lovely. I'll uh, clear the diary. Good yeah. stuff. We'll take us on to the next bit of news. Yeah, so this was kind of what we expected, but um took a little while to get done, but... Josh Jacobs is back, one-year deal, £12 million, so significant money, and um, probably makes him the bell cow back there this year, doesn't it? But um, more than the £10 million franchise tag, um, I think he's accrued a million in fines, so there's a million probably covers that, and then a million on top just for getting him back in there. But yeah, Josh Jacobs is back. They really needed him back because nobody stepped up from the uh, running back room so far. So um, yeah, I think we expected it to be done, but um took a little while to get done, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the exact same deal the Giants did with Barkley, isn't it, really? it's um, I don't know why they didn't do this sooner. It's not huge amounts of money. They've probably just annoyed their lead back for a while. But, yeah, it was always getting done. And I think uh, that probably shelves uh, Zamir White for a bit as well, doesn't it, really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Zamir White had his chances in pre-season, didn't really do a lot. And um, I think it's Bolden and uh, Amir Abdullah as well there. So they really did need Jacobs back. And I think... Kind of sweetened it a bit, probably paying his fines and yeah, sweetened it out a little bit, but they've got him back, haven't they? Yeah, and do you know what annoys me? I've got Jacobs in a couple of leagues. I won a, <clears throat> won a 16-teamer last season, <clears throat> took a punt on Josh Jacobs, and he was really good for me. I've held on to him this whole off-season. As soon as his contract got signed, some idiot offered me a late first-round pick in 2025. I mean, I was absolutely fuming. I had to go for a walk to calm down. He was offering me the 116 in 2025 for Josh Jacobs. I mean, what is wrong with people? You just spend most of your time walking these days, don't you? I do, I do. Uh, hopefully lose a bit of weight. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely raging about it. I mean, I think I don't think it really changes Jacob's dynasty value for me. Really, I'm not that in on, on him in dynasty, purely on his age. But, you know, I think for a year or so, he's going to be absolutely fine, isn't he? And he's likely going to be a top five running back. Yeah, I think he was. it was the first time he was kind of used as a bell cow last year. But he, I'm surprised he wasn't previously because... One of the good things about him coming out of Bama was that he was a really good pass catcher and he was kind of never used like that by Gruden, but they used him that way last year and he was he was excellent, wasn't he? I didn't expect to see it, but he, he kind of um, exceeded all expectations, didn't he, last year? He did, and he's actually changed his number to number eight as well, which um, is quite elite, to be fair. He looks really, really decent. Um, but I don't know if you saw him actually in... He turned up in the locker room looking at his new jersey. I don't know if he just had a massive T-shirt on, but he looks like he's, you know... Hasn't really been doing much in the off-season workout. I don't know if loads of these boys just, you know, get on the uh, get on the food in the off-season, but he, he definitely needs to get in shape for week one. Yeah, he's been down Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen in Vegas, so uh, yeah, he's been eating yeah. the cake. Yeah, cheesecake factory. Elite there as well. Yeah, cheesecake factory. Yeah, I mean, I went to the sugar factory as well. I had like a fifteen thousand calorie milkshake. I think it was elite. So yeah, don't really blame him. That's right, he's tucking all that away, so why not? Yeah, exactly. Well, on to um, other running back news. Not so good news for the Colts, really. Jonathan Taylor, they've been trying to move him for the last few weeks, and uh, he's been sort of in and out of possibly being injured and don't know what's going on, but um, didn't get a trade done at the trade deadline. There was talks going on with Miami, who were in discussions with the Colts, and there's talk that the Colts wanted 
Jalen Waddle and all sorts of nonsense stuff. Really, that was never going to happen. And there was talk that the Packers were one of the interested teams, which was um, a bit of a surprise, really. But he didn't get traded, couldn't find the deal, and he's actually on the pup list for the first four games. So either way, he's going to miss the first four games of the season. Doesn't really stop a trade from happening, though, does it? I mean, do you think he's going to play for Indianapolis again? Doesn't look likely. Um, I don't really know how this one's going to go. I don't... I mean, he could still get traded, I'm guessing, but they're going to need to get real with their price for him. I mean, Jalen Waddle was never happening, is it? But um, this all just smacks of Jim Irsay being a bit mental, doesn't it? I think it does. It just smacks him being a bit of a knob. I don't know if he's... I swear I'm in fantasy leagues with him, um, <laughs> asking for Waddle and a second for Jonathan Taylor. Um, but yeah, it's... What price are they going to get, really? Because I don't think they're going to move him for a later pick, but what's the most they're going to get? A second at very, very best, I think. I, I just don't really see what what they're going to get. It's um, it's a strange one. I don't know. I think Miami and the Packers may be tempted to, to drop a one on him because they're probably both going to be, well, hopefully Miami are picking late. You don't know with the Packers, obviously with a new quarterback, so they could have a give a one-up and it could be fairly high. But um, I could see the Dolphins doing a one. The issue with the Dolphins, they've got to decide whether they pay two or not at some point. Uh, there's lots of talk about quarterback contracts. Two is due to be paid as well, isn't he? So I, I don't know enough about their cap situation as to whether they could afford to pay Taylor, but they're not going to drop a one without extending that contract, are they? I think the interesting thing about this as well is that um, it was Miami and the Packers that wanted him and both are going to kind of run this outside zone scheme, this Shanahan scheme, because this is the first season that Lafleur is probably going to implement what he actually wants to run, because I think he kind of compromised when he had Rodgers there and, and kind of mixed it up a bit with what Rodgers wanted to do as well. But I think this year we're going to properly see what Matt Lafleur wants to run in Green Bay. It looks like he wants a, a big running back as part of that. I mean, Aaron Jones, I think, has got another year on his deal because he restructured. But um, I think AJ Dillon's out of out of contract next year, so may have just uh, worked out perfectly for the Packers to just bring Taylor in and uh, and work him in that outside zone outside zone scheme. But that looked to be the plan with uh, McDaniel as well in Miami, didn't it? It did, yeah. And actually, there's no reason a trade can't get done. It was just a Colts deadline, wasn't it, between them and Taylor? There was no sort of official thing. I just hope this doesn't run up until the proper NFL deadline because it's a long way to uh, just have Taylor not playing. Um, I've got Taylor in a couple of leagues and you just can't move him for now because nobody wants to pay a single penny. If he ends up getting traded to Miami, his price just skyrockets, doesn't it, really? Yeah, it goes through the ceiling. But at the minute, as you say, you can't really move him because no one's going to pay the price and you're not going to release him cheap if you own him, are you? No, I mean, I would move him if I could get a reasonable return. I'd happily take a little bit of a hit. I mean, what's the lowest you would take for for Taylor? I've only actually uh, got him in one league and I actually traded for him um, in the off-season. So um, I've not actually had him to use in that league yet, but... um, I don't know, probably uh, a first and one running back, I guess. I don't know. I've not really I've not really thought about it. I just thought I'd stash him away. What about you? What are you taking for Taylor now? I think that's it, really. I mean, I've been trying to move him in, in a league that we're in where I'm sort of going into a mini rebuild and I've got Taylor and I'm sort of looking around the league and I can't really find a deal that makes sense. So I guess I'd probably look at a one and an upside running back. But who that is, I don't know, because you're not going to get a Gibbs or anything, are you? You're not going to get an ETN, so... How far down that tier do you really want to go? Would you move him for Rashad White in a first? I what about, I mean, what about a, a mid-first and Roshan Johnson? What are you saying? 
it, it sounds terrible, but I tell you what, in a couple of months' time, it probably won't look terrible at all. So yeah. I probably wouldn't do it, but I, I, I could understand somebody doing it, if that makes sense. I think you need to try and identify who's going to be the next running back that might explode in value because no one's going to hand over one that's good at the moment, are they? I mean, you might be looking at a Ty J Spears, Kendra Miller plus type thing and just hope they hit, but it's all too much of a gamble. Sit on him, hold him till he gets moved to Miami. Then his price goes back up to the two first range, doesn't it? Quite easy. Yeah, I think if you're looking for um, running backs to, to gamble on sort of without paying big, I think they're the ones though, aren't they? People like Kendra Miller and uh, Roshan Johnson, guys that could sort of have a big role coming through soon, couldn't they? Yeah, they're the ones. You've always got to look a bit further down the road, haven't you? So, um, I mean, Ty J Spears, we'll probably get onto a bit of that today, but he looked excellent, didn't he? He looks very, very shifty. Yeah, he's looked really good all pre-season. And, and another thing about him as well, he's not got an ACL to tear, has he? Exactly. So he's definitely he might go out with uh, arthritis, but he's not going to do an ACL. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, take us on to uh, to San Francisco. Yep, so this week it finally happened. Trey Lance traded to the Cowboys for a fourth. This, for me, was all sorts of crazy. And I think the uh, the top brass in, the, in San Francisco should be in trouble for the amount of capital they gave up. Um, I don't understand the Cowboys taking him for a fourth. I guess a fourth and a nice gamble to have some upside back up for Dak Prescott. Some are suggesting it maybe put some pressure on Prescott. I don't really see that. I think he's still the man there. But how do you see this one? Yeah, I mean, I'm gutted. I think you probably know more than most people. I'm a, I was a huge Trey Lance guy. I took him everywhere. And even this off-season in startups, I still took him. So I thought there's no way he's not going to be the starter. I don't think Brock Purdy's that good. But this is just a disaster, isn't it? And I'm I'm borderline going to cut him in Superflex leagues. And it's not often I do that. But I just don't think anyone's going to give you anything for him. I don't think you could even get a third for him at the moment in Superflex, could you? Yeah, I think his value is completely dead at the moment. I mean, he's literally just the Cowboys' backup, isn't he? And that, that's not a great position to be in, is it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only thing about Dak, I mean, there was an interview with Dak and he didn't seem too happy, did he? He sort of said, uh, nothing surprises me at this organisation anymore. He's a bit um, bit flippant with some comments and he's clearly not that happy. Am I right, though? I think there's a potential out on this contract with Dak in 2024. I don't think they'd do it, but there is a possible out. So as you said, it might just be a bit of a negotiating thing. And, you know, they've got Trey Lance in the wings ready to go. But this is a disaster for Trey Lance, really. It's terrible for his dynasty stock. And I'll tell you a side I think should have probably traded for him as well. The Arizona Cardinals, I mean, they traded a fifth for Josh Dobbs. They could have just traded a fourth for Trey Lance moved Kyler Murray in the season, then gives himself some flexibility next year. I just don't understand why they wouldn't be interested in a young upside quarterback, given their room. Yeah, I mean, you'd want Trey Lance over Joshua Dobbs, wouldn't you? And you've got a chance to just give Trey Lance the whole season as well, haven't you? Exactly. I mean, you could just slot Trey Lance in and play him for the whole season, move Kyler Murray later in the season if he gets healthy, and, and suddenly you've got a potentially franchise quarterback for nothing. And yeah, it's a very weird move all round. I mean, I don't think you've got as much Lance as I have, but would you would you cut Trey Lance in Superflex or are you just going to try and ride him out? Yeah, I don't think I'd be cutting him right now, but um, I took him in a few startups just because he was cheap. Um, so I've not got a lot of exposure to him. I did that Dak Prescott trade as well, didn't I? Where I got, um, I've done Dak and, or well, I gave Lance and a first and a couple of other bits for Prescott. So I moved on from there. But yeah, I don't think I've got him in many leagues where I didn't sort of take him cheap in a startup so I'm okay with him at the moment but I don't think I'd cut him I'd just 
try and hold him till next year, really, and then see where you stand with him. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, it's it's hard because I've got him in so many leagues and he's just a roster clogger now. He's just taking up a space on your roster. You can't obviously keep him in your taxi. So there's just nothing you can do with him. It's um, I'll hold him for now because Dak's obviously had a few injuries over the time as well. So it's not impossible that he could get some work this season if Dak goes down at any point. But yeah, not um, not a good look all round, is it really, this one? Yeah, it's terrible from, from the 49ers side with all the capital they gave up and then just to get a fourth back, isn't it? Yeah, absolute disaster. Um, well, next bit of news. Um, Jeff Wilson, uh, a guy that I've taken as a, a bit of a flyer, really, in startups this season, moved on to IR. Um, and actually, the comments from Miami weren't that great. They were sort of questioning, will he be back this season? They're not too sure. God knows what's going on with him, really. I think he had a stomach uh, muscle tear or something as well, didn't he? So um, not a well boy. But what it does do is potentially open up the door for somebody else. And they were sniffing around Jonathan Taylor. But um, if A-Chain can get healthy, potentially quite an easy path to some touches, isn't there, early on? Yeah, I mean, it's only really most at the moment, isn't it? And then you've got, I guess, Salvan Ahmed and Devon Chain, And uh, there's another, there's a rookie there, Chris Brooks or something like that as well there. They're currently only fit running backs. So there's a chance there for a chain if you can get fit, isn't there? Yeah, there really is. I just The issue is he's not fit at the moment. He obviously hurt his shoulder the other week and Jeff Wilson on IR. Most of that can never stay healthy. So if I'm the Cowboys, not the Cowboys, the Dolphins, I'm looking to add someone really. And um, uh, I, I don't think they're done, are they, in this market? No, I, I could see them adding a running back of some sort. I mean, our boys are still out there that we'll speak about later. But um looks to be a place where someone could be added, doesn't it? I mean, they still may trade for Taylor, mightn't they? Yeah, they might do, and I think they need to, because obviously Jeff Wilson's that profile. He's sort of the bruiser back, isn't he, and pretty short uh, goal line back. Most of us a speed guy, can't stay healthy. A-Chain's a speed gadget guy, can't really stay healthy. So they need to replace that proper bruising running back if Jeff Wilson's going to miss some time. So, um, yeah, maybe someone in that sort of mould might, might end up landing there. Yeah, for sure. So next piece of news... TJ Hawkinson, uh, he's been out the last few weeks. He's had an earache, he's had a backache, but um, he's got his new deal. So four years, $68.4 million, which is around $17 million annually, and he's he's reset the tight end market, hasn't he? He's the uh, best-paid tight end in the, uh, in the entire league right now. So um, hopefully that sorts his ear problems out and he, and he sorts his back out and he gets back into practice. But um, this was always going to happen, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, 70 million quid will do that, won't it? It'll, uh, it'll definitely fix your earache if you've got one. So, But do you know what? I, I don't mind it at all. He sort of didn't really shout about it, did he? And it was all done quite behind the scenes and missed a couple of practices with an earache. That's absolutely fine. A lot better than the situation with Jonathan Taylor and piping up and having a massive fallout, isn't it? But I know you're a massive uh, Hawkinson guy. This is really good for his dynasty stock, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really big on Hawkinson this year and I think he's going to be really good and... He's also another year into the NFL as a tight end, and I think they get better as as they go on, and I think he's still fairly young as well. So, yeah, I, I really like this deal. I really like Hawkinson, and, yeah, it's good to see a tight end get paid. I mean, they don't get paid a lot, but he's doing quite well with $17 million, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, where would you have him in your rankings? I think we did it the other week, but does this move him at all for you? bit of certainty for his situation? Um... <sighs> Yeah, he's he's going to be a top five one for me. I mean, we, I know we rated him last week, and I'm not sure where I have Kelsey just due to his age. He's clearly probably one or two, isn't he, Kelsey? And you've got Andrews, 
then it's probably Pitts and Hawkinson, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, he's he's in that top three, four, five, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's above Kill and just sort of perhaps behind the other three, isn't he? But he's definitely up there. He's he's head of the the Goddard type tier now with this uh, deal. Yeah, hundred percent. So the next bit of news: um, reports coming out that the the 49ers are going to use McCaffrey a bit sparingly this year to ensure that he lasts the season. Um, at the exact same point that Elijah Mitchell's back in practice. So, you know, I think this makes sense, doesn't it? They've seen McCaffrey break down over the last few years and he's missed a lot of time. And I think the reality is the 49ers could be so good, they don't need to leave him out there. They'll probably get him on there, win, you know, get quite ahead and then spell some time and rest him. If that happens, Elijah Mitchell could have some value, couldn't they? Yeah, I've always quite liked Elijah Mitchell. I've never had a problem with his talent. I think he's a really, really good back, really good runner, really shifty. The only issue is, is his injuries. He, he just seems to pick up injuries non-stop, doesn't he? I mean, I picked him up in his rookie season just because I liked him coming out. I had him in quite a lot of leagues. I don't, I've not got him anywhere now just because the injuries were so frustrating. I mean, he was brilliant when he was playing, but he just he, he just didn't last, did he? Yeah, I mean, I only had him in, I think, one or two leagues. You were quite big early on and you, you sold him for quite good profit, but... I think there's definitely a role for him because they want to rest McCaffrey. They don't want to wear him out, but I just I just don't really trust him, to be honest. He can't stay healthy. I mean, I'd be looking at a bit deeper on this depth chart, really. Somebody like a, you know Jordan Mason, potentially, uh, could be a bit more interesting because he's still flying about there for, for free, isn't he? So, um, yeah, interesting just that they're being so vocal about not using McCaffrey, but I, I wouldn't trust Mitchell, to be fair. Yeah, the only thing about this is I've heard before from teams that They'll try and use McCaffrey sparingly, but he, he's so good that they just end up running him into the ground again, don't they? Yeah, that's the problem. He's so good. You, you know, you don't want to rest him, do you? So, um, I don't know. But you never know. They might use Debo as like a running back hybrid type nonsense again. So, yeah, weird situation, but we'll see how it plays out. So, on to another uh, piece of running back news. So, Pierre Strong. Traded from the uh, the Patriots to the Browns uh, in a swap with offensive tackle Tyrone Wheatley. Now, I'm a Pierre Strong fan. I know you are as well. But this is uh, this is quite a good move for uh, him, isn't it? I mean, he's a good pass catching back, and he's he's something the Browns could use. Kind of maybe kills Jerome Ford a little bit, but that's not a bad little group, is it? Strong Ford and obviously the the king at the top, Nick Chubb. But that's that's a nice little running back room, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I know that Jerome Ford's missed a bit of time, hasn't he, with injury this off-season. I think if he gets healthy, he would be the direct backup to start the season just because he knows the system, doesn't he? But I think as it goes on, it wouldn't surprise me if Ford's the backup, you know, direct Chubb replacement. But Pierre Strong could mix in on third downs almost like Kareem Hunt used to do. So weird move, um, but probably sort of equal for Pierre Strong. Is I don't think it goes up, but it doesn't sort of go down. It's um, you know interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a he's a guy that we uh, that we both like, and and the pass catching elements there, and he, he's quick as well. So, I think there's a there's a chance that he could have some value on uh, some weeks for sure. Yeah, definitely keep an eye. If Jerome Ford can't get healthy to start the season, he could be very valuable. So, um, but it was just a bit weird. This came out of the blue, and we'll talk about depth charts and things. The Patriots running back room is a very weird place at the moment. So, we will get onto that. I'm sure. <laughs> um. But the next bit of news, Jelani Woods, um, tight end for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, gone on IR, which, um, you know, a bit frustrating, really, because he showed a lot of promise last season. He's an absolute giant, isn't he? Six foot seven. Um, I've got him in a couple of leagues, actually. I tend to punt tight ends, so ended up picking him up a little bit. But 
moved on aisle with a hamstring injury and these things can linger a bit can't they and it leaves a, a bit of a weak weird tight end room still got Mo Ali Cox knocking about <coughs> Andrew Ogletree Will Mallory and Kylan Granson this is um probably the most frustrating tight end room for fantasy I think you just don't know who's going to get the work do you yeah, I think Jelani Woods was one of those late late round tight ends to kind of pick up, wasn't he? And I think quite a lot of people were were picking him up late like that. But I think Alec Ogletree is one to watch. I mean, there was rave reviews coming out of camp last year, and then I think he did his ACL, but he's come back fairly well, and they think he he looks really good in camp again. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get a chance early or not, or, if it, or whether they'll go with Mo Ali Cox, who, who knows the system and knows Indianapolis. I know it's Nick Sirianni's uh, first year, but kind of don't know how that tight end room's going to shake, shake out right now, do you? No, you don't. And at one time, they've all been fairly rosterable. I mean, I've punted on Kylan Granson a few times. I've rostered Mo Ali Cox and just a very weird room. But Jelani Woods was the one. I, I just think I'd probably avoid the room altogether, to be fair. I do think Ogletree's interesting, but I think for now, I just wait and see what happens when Jelani Woods is back. Frustrating, but make sure you move him across the IR spot and replace him on your bench. That's all you can do for now. Yeah, I've just done that today, actually. I moved him over and uh, put a claim in for a, another bum tight end, no doubt. Yeah, that you'll never use, but it's the game, isn't it? So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, did the exact, I did the exact same. Next piece of news, Joe Burrow, back in full practice. I mean, this was always on the cards. There was reports that he was running sprints last week and he, he looks good with a calf. But, um, yeah, back a week before the season starts, so it looks all good for the Bengals, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's just a weird one, though, because that injury happened out of nowhere, didn't it? He was just sort of on a drop back in practice and his calf just completely went. So, yeah, I do think it's something to keep an eye on, though, because it could have a recurrence if he, you know, pushes off the wrong way. So, um, but for now, you know, hope he's healthy. Looking forward to seeing him play this season. Yeah, I mean, we'll go over some of the uh, the depth charts as, as we go through them later on and, and the roster cuts and practice squads and stuff that come out. But I think the Bengals situation... It's interesting moving forward, but we'll we'll get round to that when we come round to that part. I'm sure we will. I've got a few things to say about it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, the next one, Jerry Judy is not going on IR. So um, you know, interesting one. He's obviously out for a while with a hamstring, a lot of hamstring injuries at the moment. Um, but they want to try and get him healthy, and they don't want to place him on IR because he'd missed the first four games. So. Um, frustrating really for Judy I think it was all set ready for him to, to take off this year after sort of showing lots of promise but um, I don't know it's worrying early on in the season I think isn't it yeah I mean this, this is just a vicious cycle for uh, Jerry Judy isn't it I mean he seems to have an opportunity and then he gets injured and then he's out for a few weeks and he's coming back in and it's like the Alex Oxlade Chamberlain with Arsenal isn't it the same same cycle every every time yeah, exactly. It's frustrating. But, I mean, the rest of this room, again, we'll look at depth charts and stuff. They were talking about Marvin Mims could step in here and Cortland Sutton. But there's not an awful lot else in this room. So they want to get him back sooner than later. And I've I've got him in quite a few because he was going at a decent price this year. But I think it's last chance saloon for me in, in Dynasty with Jerry Judy because he's been such a frustrating player to own. Yeah, he definitely has. I think I've only got him in one league and I try to shift him before he get injured but um, I've got no chance right now of I getting rid of him no definitely not I mean even before this injury people just weren't interested I've tried to move off him I was trying to turn Jerry Judy into uh, Jahan Dotson plus actually a few weeks ago but not even a slight sniff in any league so um, yeah the stock was already already down so speaking of wide receivers a little bit of news out of uh, Miami so the Dolphins are not taking any action against Tyreek Hill for his uh, 
discretion uh, Maruna, wasn't it, the other day? Didn't he push someone? Or there was reports of him and having an altercation with somebody at the marina. I don't know if they'd been uh, wooing on his boat or had an issue with his boat. I'm not sure. But as always, a Tyreek Hill, you never know what he's been up to. But um, the Dolphins are not taking any action. What do you make of this one? Yeah, it's a weird one. Apparently, he slapped a boat captain. I mean, at what point? He's a multi-millionaire playing in the NFL. At what point do you get down to the marina and start slapping boat captains? It's just very odd, odd behaviour. Um, yeah, they're not taking any action at all. The NFL don't really seem to care. It seems to be that you can't bet on a on a, a horse race, but um, you can go around slapping people and battering people, and it's absolutely fine. It's just a really weird way they behave, isn't it, really, in this league? Yeah, I mean, look at the uh, the Kamara suspension. What did he get? Three, four games? And it was actually on film booting someone. And then, you know, Jameson Williams has a bet on a horse and he's got six games. Just As you said, it doesn't make much sense, does it? No, really, really strange. But, I mean, this is what these boys do. And at least he's not got an Uzi in the back of the car. But um, that's going to happen at some point. Um, the next bit, I don't know if you saw this interview with uh, Jonathan Gannon, um, the... The Cardinals are doing this documentary season. I can't remember what it's called, but it's um, almost like a hard knocks type thing of the Cardinals. And he gave this speech to the team. Have you seen this? Yeah, I think it's called Take Flight, but I saw it this morning and, and he just comes across as an utter loser, doesn't he? Oh, mate, he's the least inspiring man I've ever heard speak. He's awful. So obviously he had this thing in the off season where he's speaking to Rondell Moore and he's going shots, shots, do, do, do explosive, all this nonsense. And it's not got any better. Is it? He's really like, like a David Brent type character. Um, I mean, you're not going to want to play for this loser, are you at all? It's absolutely reeks of one and one and 16 or zero and 17 and one and done for Gannon. I just, I don't see him doing anything there. And we've got, a, we've got a Cardinals fan in our NFL group, Paul and, uh, yeah, I just keep sending him clips just to uh, upset him about the Cardinals. And, yeah, I think Paul hates him as well. Yeah, I think it was the right one was on the ball. When he did that thing to Rondell Moore, I mean, it was game over, weren't it? He's an absolute <laughs> loser. Doesn't it? Not helped by the fact the team's crap as well. So, yeah, he stinks of 1-16. Absolutely reeks of it. It's a, just a complete stench of everything in Arizona right now, isn't it? Absolutely terrible all round for everything. Yeah, absolutely stinks. And... Saw Rondell Moore fell over the other day in the middle of a game. I've just got no time for it at all. It's going to be an absolute disaster. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than uh, the losers, talk to me about our boys. So we've got two running back boys that we're trying to get jobs. First up, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt watched this week. So uh, a little bit of news. Four apparent offers. Who are those offers? Talk to me. What are we saying? It's according to his agent. Yeah, four exactly. offers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've done this in Dynasty Leagues. We tell, oh, AJ Brown's about to pack his bags. He's leaving. He's not leaving. <laughs> we know he's not leaving. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, who would you guess the four? Dolphins? Uh, Colts. The Colts? Yeah. Colts. Patriots, maybe. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is there any others out there that would, that would want him? I'm not, I'm not sure. Washington, Maybe. I don't know. It's a very weird situation. I, I doubt there's four genuine offers. It's, I mean, if he has got offers, it's very weird that he's not signed anywhere yet because it's now, you know, a week away from the season. He's not going to be in shape. He's not going to know the playbook. It, it's just a weird situation all round. Either he wants too much money or he's going to wait for an injury and have his pick of maybe a better side. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think he's going to wait and, and see how the injuries shake out. And I think he probably wants more of a, a first-team role, you know. I think he wants to come in for someone and get 
a guaranteed workload, but that doesn't really always happen now, does it? So probably taking a little bit of a risk, isn't he, to be honest? Yeah, I do think so. I mean, I do think the Colts, depending on what happens with Taylor, if he holds out, which I don't think he's going to completely hold out. I think something will get done. Depending on what the Colts get in return, Hunt could be a nice, easy landing spot there, couldn't he, really, just mixing in that committee. But, yeah, it's a, a very weird situation. Um, but another, I said not one of our boys, really, but someone we'll be keeping an eye on, really. Leonard Fournette, still not got a job. Um, no real sniff of news with Lenny, either. There's no agent pretending he's got four offers. Um, I mean, talk to me about Lenny. What's going on? Yeah, well, last week we got the video with his um, with his female PE uh, uh, trainer, so... Yeah, he looked good in the video. As I said to you, he looked slimmed down and he was doing some good work and, yeah, he looked fit and he had he got it out there. One on the motor road, it looked fairly professional. So, yeah, Lenny's ready. Lenny's looking. Lenny's staying off the food. Looks good. So, uh, just waiting for that call, isn't he? And actually, I think in terms of scheme fit, he would probably be more a direct Jonathan Taylor replacement than Kareem Hunt would be in Indianapolis. But, you know... Is it? Does he want that? Do they want him? I don't know. But he's got to get some work. I think he's going to be out of the league. He's not that washed, is he? I just can't see someone like Chris Ballard, who is very process-orientated, liking Lenny. I just can't see that, but you never know, do you? No, we'll see. But, I mean, if you had to make a guess now, are they going to have a job in the next week or are we going to wait into the season? Uh, I reckon Kareem Hunt may get signed, but I reckon Lenny waits. I don't think either have a, a job by next week. I think they start the season unemployed. Oh, really? Yeah, we're not doing our job, are we? We should have got Kareem signed by now, but yeah. he's been going for five months. We've not done anything for him, really, have we? Shambles. Um, anyway, speaking of uh, people not having jobs, talk us about the uh, the roster cutdowns and practice squad news. You're starting in NFC East, I think, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. so some roster cutdown practice squad news this week. So the NFC East and the Cowboys... They cut Malik Davis, uh, later added him to the practice squad. So their running back room looks like Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle and Juice Vaughan for the season. They also cut your boy Will Greer. Uh, he later signed with the Bengals practice squad. But um, that's most of the news coming out of uh, Dallas. What did you make of it? Did you see anything? Yeah, I mean, this uh, running back situation was strange because I think at one point Malik Davis was the guy, wasn't he, to, to have behind Pollard and it's changed throughout the season. Um it looks like Dowdle's now going to be the uh, the RB2, isn't it? I don't really trust Juice Vaughan at all, but are you interested in any of these guys? Um, only Pollard where I've currently got him. I'm not looking to buy Pollard. If I've got him where I've had him on teams previously, I'm happy to keep him for the season. Not much interest really in, in Dowdle or, or Juice Vaughan, to be honest, because I don't think they're that good, to be honest. But um, yeah, I've not really got much interest there, really. What about you? Yeah, I picked up Dowdle just got a, a spare roster spot in one league, so I did pick him up for nothing. Um, I don't really have any interest in Pollard. I think I'm the only person that doesn't roster him anywhere. I don't have him at all because I think people are talking about him like he's a top 10 dynasty running back. I find it mental. He's never had 200 carries in a season. He's been excellent as the sort of lightning to Zeke's thunder, but he's never been a lead back. I just don't think he's going to start suddenly putting up 300 touches a season. It feels a bit strange to me. Yeah, I think we spoke about it before with um, Pollard, and there's a bit. Of, if you do own him and you're not moving him currently, like I am, there's going to be a bit of a conundrum over when you choose to move him. Because if you're contending and you've got him, you know he could be good all year. But 
this could be your last chance for any decent value as well. So there's a bit of a conundrum with Tony Pollard this season over over when you do pull the trigger on selling him, isn't there? Yeah, I think if you're genuinely competing and you've got him, I think you just ride him out, don't you? Because he could potentially be a league winner if you've got him. But yeah, if you're not a contender, then you have to try and move him for as much as you can, move off him for a first one of these, um, plus a Ty J Spears or a Kendra Miller and just reset because I'd, I, there's no guarantee he's the lead back next year, is there? Yeah, definitely not. So take us over to your boys uh, in New York. Yeah, so in my boys in New York, uh, Danny DeVito got cut a quarterback, um, signed up to the practice squad. So we have got the Penguins signed up. Uh, but this disastrous slot receiver, wide receiver room, uh, had some cuts really. So Cole Beasley uh, got cut, Colin Johnson, big alpha receiver cut, and Jameson Crowder also. Beasley stuck around on the practice squad. I assume this is just because he knows Dable and knows that system and want to just see if, uh, you know, keep that veteran around. James Robinson got cut. I mean, I do feel sorry for him. He's sort of the poster child, really, for running back contracts because he's never been paid. He just bounces around getting cut everywhere, doesn't he? Which was a bit of a shame. Um, we did pick up uh, Tyree Jackson from the Eagles and added him to our practice squad. He's this quarterback that converted into a tight end and was a bit of a project player, but he missed a couple of years, didn't he, with quite nasty injuries and never quite quite stepped up. But, um, yeah, that's an interesting practice squad pickup for the Giants. Uh, Wondell Robinson also activated from the pup this week. Um, so he is now active and in practice. So that's interesting. Um, but another bit of news, my boy Bryce Ford Wheaton, just as he was about to potentially make the 53 or at the very least get on the practice squad, does his ACL. And I mean, as an undrafted free agent, that's probably him out of the league now, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, I was gutted. I had Bryce Ford Wheaton, I think in 12 leagues and, uh, <laughs> I can't quite cut him yet. I've moved into my IR, but I'll, I'll cut him as soon as I need that slot. But, yeah, talk to me about the Giants. Yeah, so I was quite surprised that Colin Johnson got cut. I thought he might make the practice squad because he's actually been not bad in camp and through preseason, and he's a bigger body receiver that you don't really have. So that one kind of surprised me. But um, Tyree Jackson, I think, is an interesting pickup because there's not much there behind Waller and uh, Bellinger. So a bit of a project tight end, and he's got good athletic tribute, uh, attributes. So, um yeah, interesting, uh, interesting few bits there from the Giants, really, wasn't it? I'm not surprised that they got Crowder and Beasley out of there. I know Beasley's gone to the practice squad, but those guys were just uh, camp bodies for uh, Wandale, weren't they? They were, really. And yeah, I thought Johnson might have a chance because he's a bit of a bigger body guy, but they clearly want to roll with Isaiah Hodgins as the sort of the outside X receiver, and it's then going to be Darren Waller. I mean, I think Isaiah Hodgins, it's been an up-and-down ride throughout the off-season, but he's quietly come through this as the the ex-receiver for the Giants and nobody seems to care. So I still think Hodgins is a quite a, quite a bargain actually in, in fantasy at the moment. Yeah. I mean, your projected starting three is um, Hodge, Hodgins, um, Paris Campbell and Darius Slayton right now, isn't it? I mean, you've got Hyatt to work in there as well. And now Wanda, haven't you? So it's not too bad. It's not bad. It's a bit average, but if they can step up a little bit, you know, higher, I'm getting higher and higher on as it goes on. Actually, he's just taken, Odell Beckham's number 13 shirt off of David Sills, and he, he looks really good in practice. He's really stepping up. So I think by the end of the season, I'd expect him to take um, Darius Slayton's job as a minimum. So, yeah, not the best room, but I think there's some upside. Yeah, I think he's definitely coming for Slayton's job. And the minute he was, I saw him change to 13, I, I just pictured you throwing out first for him everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I have put a few offers out for him, actually. I, you know, I, I'm a sucker for the 13 shirt. <laughs> Um, but take us to a disgusting franchise uh, in Philadelphia. 
Yeah, so not much went on really with their roster. I mean, they're always fairly well prepared and, and they, they do well with their squad and rosters, don't they? But just traded for Albert Akuribunum uh, for a seventh from the Broncos. I think the Broncos were going to cut him, but then out popped Harry Roseman with a seventh for him and pretty much a free pick really, isn't it, for Albert O and, and a chance, I guess, to back up Dallas Goddard as, as the tight end. I mean, good athletic uh, athletic attributes for um, Albert O so there's a chance for him there as as a backup for Goddard isn't there really if Goddard gets injured then you kind of guess that Albert O steps in but um, Trey, Trey Sermon was cut with an injury settlement I don't think he was ever making it out of camp um, despite all the chances there were in pre-season but um, fairly settled squad and roster really in, in Philadelphia but what do you make of it? Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one, the situation with Albert O, because he did all right. He's, you know, good measurables. And I think, as you said, behind Goddard, who's not always healthy, they've got, what, Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra. I don't know if any of those went on the practice squad, but makes sense, doesn't it? Seventh is basically free. Um, so, uh, yeah, Trey Sermon, there was a lot of talk in the off-season where they're going to cut Rashad Penny and, and would Trey Sermon make it. That was clearly just nonsense, wasn't it? Sermon's been bit of a disaster really they traded up to get him in the third didn't they the 49ers and then they moved him across the eagles and now he's cut with an injury settlement so uh yeah terrible bit of business trey sermon yeah i mean it's just added to the list of 49ers blowing picks up the wall isn't it really yeah it really is so the latest one Tyrion davis price was a third they've obviously blown multiple firsts on trey lance they don't have a great record do they at all but obviously shanahan's a genius obviously <laughs> yeah yeah a load of picks on mccaffrey as well wasn't it yeah, absolutely. Um, well, going across to Washington, the commanders really, no real surprises, not much business done there really. Um, they cut Jarrett Patterson, who's a, a guy that I quite liked actually. I think he's about five foot six, so I've got a soft spot for him. Um, but it looks like it's going to be Cole Turner and Logan Thomas in the battle for tight end one, which we said, I think, last week actually, that someone's got to step up here and. I think if Logan Thomas is healthy, they're going to give him the first shot because he's the veteran and he's got a track record. He's done it at least once. But I'm, I'm interested in Cole Turner. I think he's got um, he's got a path here because Logan Thomas just shows he can't stay healthy. And he's got a fairly decent connection with uh, with the quarterback here, Cole Turner. So, I mean, what do you make of this tight end situation? Yeah, I mean, we've been touting Cole Turner and Logan Thomas all, all pre-season, really, haven't we? Because someone needs to be the tight end one there. It does look to be between those two. I mean, Logan Thomas is decent when he plays, but they just seem to be wrapping him in cotton wool at the minute. And, and Cole Turner seems to have taken advantage of, of the, the practice reps and, and the time with Sam Howe, and he's been looking good. So maybe Thomas for the foreseeable, and then Turner maybe takes over when there's injuries. But um, either one of those guys is a decent late-round tight end dark gamble, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And did you see this situation with uh, Riverboat Ron? He, he said that if he knew how good Sam Howell was, he'd have cut Carson Wentz sooner than later. I mean, it was a really weird situation. He basically said that he didn't realise that Sam Howell was any good. It doesn't really sound good from your head coach, does it? Yeah, I've not got a lot of interest in Riverboat Ron. Uh, clearly sat on his porch one evening with a gun, with a flag flowing, and just had a few drinks and, and then done an interview, didn't he? Yeah, he was in his rocking chair. He said that he was talking to his wife about it. I mean, as if she gives a shit about about <laughs> Sam Howell and his little porch situation. So you can just imagine him, can't you? Halfway through a bottle of wild turkey bourbon, shotgun, flag flowing, as you said, truck parked outside, and he's wondering who this quarterback is. It's very weird. Um, 
Uh, I don't mind the situation. I think that's a, a, a decent bargain there. I've got Cole Turner in a couple. I've picked up Logan Thomas in a couple. He's still out there. We said it last week. I, I looked earlier. We're in a tight end premium league together, and Logan Thomas is there on waivers. I just don't have the roster space, but he, he's there as a potential bargain for someone. Yeah, I'm the same. I know which league you mean, and I've seen him there, but yeah, I've not got the space either. So um, we're not even telling anyone yet, either, are we? So. Uh, yeah, that, that, no. that's that's the that's the gamble for me is one of those two. I think if you if you've got a space and you you're looking at tight ends, then one of those two is a decent gamble. Yeah, definitely. Will take us to um, the worst division in football. <laughs> so over to the NFC North and, and the greatest uh, franchise in the world, the uh, the Chicago Bears. Interestingly for me, um, one of my uh, rookie tight rookie um, quarterback uh, sleepers was Tyson Bajan, and he looks to be the uh, the QB2 now for the Bears. Um, there's rumours they're looking at an experienced quarterback and Peterman and PJ Walker were cut. I think they brought Peterman back to the practice squad. But at the minute, it's Tyson Bajan, quarterback two. Um, good for me in the fact that he was one of my sleepers and I really, really like him. Bad for me in the fact that if he actually ends up playing, it means Fields has been bad. So <laughs> it's not it's not good either way for me. Um, I really like Bajan, but obviously I love Fields. So I don't know how this one goes or, or, or what the best situation is for me. But um, Tristan, Tristan Edna, cut with an injury settlement. That likely saved Donta Foreman. I think Donta Foreman was in a bit of trouble. But in camp, he's been working a lot with the special teams because I think they was looking to cut Ebna. But um, nothing really... That bigger deal happened with our uh, roster and camp. But yes, Tyson Bajan was a surprise for me. How do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, I mean, I know you like Tyson Bajan, but as you said, I just don't think he's ever going to do anything for fantasy. Fields is the guy, and I think if Fields did, for whatever reason, flame out, then they'd just get somebody else. I don't think Bajan's going to be the guy, is he? But I was surprised to see PJ Walker cut. I think he was quite a decent scheme fit, and... You know, he did all right in limited reps, didn't he? So um, I think Peterman's a disaster. So I'd bin him off your practice squad as soon as I could, to be honest. But yeah, Don Foreman, I think, as you said, probably got saved by um, the Treston Ebner situation because it's going to be um, Khalil Herbert and our boy Roshan Johnson. I, we've said a few times, I've got no doubt that Khalil Herbert's going to be the lead guy to start and he's probably going to be excellent for the first few weeks. But mid to end of season I do expect Roshan Johnson to start getting more and more work and he's I think he could be brilliant so um yeah I'm not gonna not gonna give up on our boy Roshan yet are we yeah I think Roshan Johnson is the uh the pickup for the second half of the season I think as you said Khalil Herbert will be the early down every down back as well he's a free down back now uh Herbert he's pass catching is decent as well but I think they're going to look to work in Roshan as soon as they can to be honest yeah, absolutely. Um, well, across in this division, the Detroit Lions. Um, so they added David Blau to the practice squad. And a Dan Campbell favourite, a proper football man, Craig Reynolds, got cut. Um, they did bring him back. and I think he signed on to the, uh, the active roster again. So they cut him and obviously cleared, and then they've signed him back. So uh, Campbell just couldn't give him up, could he? Um, that was only this afternoon. Uh, but the only active running backs on the roster were David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs and Craig Reynolds. So it's not the deepest room. Um, interesting to see how that shakes out between the two of them. But they did add, add Zonovan Bam Knight from the Jets to the practice squad. Uh, that's an interesting pickup. I think if uh, if Montgomery goes down for any reason, then Bam Knight's probably quite a direct replacement for Montgomery, isn't he? Yeah, I was really interested in where um, where Bam Knight ended up because I think he's a really decent running back and I, I think he's only really been forced out of the Jets because they signed Cook. When they've got Cook, Brees Hall, Abadikander and, and 
Michael Carter, it kind of pushed him out a little bit, but I think he's actually a really decent back. So I think this is an interesting landing spot because, as you say, if Montgomery goes out, then they may look to elevate Bam Knight, mightn't they? And uh, we know we've got in Craig Reynolds. He's just a good, solid back, but... Bam Knight's one to definitely keep an eye on for me. David Blau always seems to end up back in Detroit, doesn't he, every single season? He does. He's just so boring, though, isn't he? And I think, was it last season he was on Hard Knocks, or was it um, All or Nothing? He was on one of them, and he was just boring. So, yeah, i got no time for him at all. But he's a proper football man. Dan Campbell loves him, didn't he? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But what do you make of the uh, Bam Knight? Do you see a chance there for him? I do, really. I think, um, you know... <laughs> he's pretty much going to be the backup for Montgomery, isn't he? Because I, I just, I know Gibbs is going to get a load of work in the receiving game, but I just don't think they're going to put a 198 pound running back, you know, give him 300 touches a season. So if Montgomery misses time, they're not just going to suddenly give every single touch to Gibbs and Knight's probably quite a decent replacement there, isn't he? So, uh, yeah, probably not going to roster him at the moment unless I'm, you know, have an extra space, but just keep an eye on it. Yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. So over to the uh, the Packers. Sean Clifford looks to have won the uh, the quarterback backup job. Um, they did have Alex McGough, but he's um, he's been cut and then later added to the practice squad. So a bit of a surprise, really. Sean, Kif- Sean Clifford, um, rookie this year, um, will now be the backup to Jordan Love. Um, Grant DeBose was cut. I think they took him in the six. He's been surpassed by undrafted free agent Malik Heath. Uh, they did add DeBose to the practice squad. Malik Heath, an undrafted free agent wide receiver, and Emmanuel Wilson, an undrafted free agent running back, both made the 53. I think they cut, um, what's his name, Ty Lu, was it? The other running back? I think it was, yeah, yeah. They cut him. But um, Heath and Wilson have kind of come out of nowhere, and both have had really great camps, and they've both been really, really good in pre-season. For me, they're both two to watch as well, because... They've been talked up by the, um, the the franchise, and yeah, they really like Malik Heath and Manuel Wilson. It's not often you get undrafted free agents both make fifty threes as well. So these are two to watch for me, especially especially Wilson when you've got AJ Dillon out of contract next year. I think that could be one to watch. Yeah, I feel the exact same. It was Lou Nichols, the one that got cut. Cause, um, well, yeah, you know, I stashed, yeah, I stashed Nichols in a few earlier in the off season, but the last couple of weeks it's been the Emmanuel Wilson show, isn't it? He, Put up over 100 yards week one. I think he went for 80-odd yards week two, and he put up another 55 in week three. So he's uh, he's definitely one to watch. And as you said, um, Asia Dillon on a contract year, and there's a, a chance for him to make it here. So, yeah, I think we said when we did the initial roundups after the draft, the Packers picked up loads of w- these weird depth-wide receivers, and it was just a case of seeing who, who rises. And, yeah, Malik Heath seems to be the one, doesn't he? So, um yeah, Wilson's the one. You beat me today on a pickup, didn't you? I think you bid $15 and I bid $10 to pick him up and you uh, beat him in a league to, to get him, so I was fuming. He's a, he's a, he's a big boy as well and he, he's got the uh, the basics down. He's, he's decent in pass protection, but he, he's a big boy. I mean, he's 225, so he, he's similar profile to Lou Nichols and to um, AJ... Uh, sorry, I've lost his... forgotten his name. Who's the backup? Dylan? AJ Dylan? So he's... Yeah, so he's he's similar profile to both of those guys. So they like that bit of bigger bodied back, obviously chasing Taylor as well. So I definitely see a chance for Emmanuel Wilson um, in this Packers running back room. Yeah, I do as well. It might take a while, but there's going to be a chance there, even if it's next season. So, um, yeah, as you said, good to see two undrafted guys make the 53. It's a nice little story. Uh, over to the Vikings to round out this division. So uh, Dwayne McBride got cut, which was, I think, a bit of a surprise. I think, was he a seventh rounder? So perhaps we shouldn't be overly surprised, but he does get added to the practice squad. 
Um, but suddenly they added Miles Gaskin, who was cut from the Dolphins, uh, and he made the 53. So it looks like it will be uh, Alexander Matson, Ty Chandler, and Miles Gaskin uh, on the running back roster with Kenny and Wongwu uh, placed on the IR. So he's going to miss the first four games. Now, I don't know if you're the same. I've seen Miles Gaskin added in a few leagues, and he's the number one trending player on Sleeper. I couldn't have less interest. I've got no interest in Miles Gaskin whatsoever. Are you picking him up? I didn't put in a single claim for Miles Gaskin, and I got zero interest. I think there was an analyst that put out a, a tweet saying Gaskin kills Chandler or something like that, and I, could, I couldn't, I couldn't be further from thinking like that. I just think he's unable. Well, I thought we spoke about him in the NFL chat the other day. He's just a, a warm body running back that does all things well. He's got zero explosion, but he's just going to be a body for the wide the running back room, isn't he? I don't see him doing anything there. He was literally added in loads of leagues that I'm into there. Uh, yeah, I'm the same as you. I just didn't get it, to be honest. He's basically Craig Reynolds. That's all he is. He's just a body, isn't he? And, you know, got no interest at all. So, yeah, very weird. Um, but Jalen Rager got cut again, and he signed with the Patriots practice squad. So he's still knocking about the league, Jalen Rager, despite being a massive bust. Um, this weird quarterback they picked up from the XFL, Jordan Taimu, got cut. Uh, Jaron Hall made the 53. I think he's about 26-year-old rookie. So, um, yeah, that rounds out the Vikings. Yeah, not much really to go on in the Vikings. I think, if anything, the Gaskin pickup makes me more in on Ty Chandler, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Me too, because it means that there's less chance of them signing somebody else that is actually good. <laughs> exactly that. So, uh, let's head over to the NFC South. So, first up, the Falcons. Nothing really much of note with the Falcons, and they they played a load of bums in 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 preseason. They really treated the preseason with a lot of disrespect, which I really really enjoyed. But um, wide receiver, tight end, hybrid bum, JJ Arcega, white side. They cut him. Uh, Josh Alley makes the fifty three as as one of our deep sleepers. Godwin Egwabuke, um, he had a nice preseason for them. Had a few nice runs and and picked up some good yards. He was cut, but later added to the practice squad. So. That kind of probably helped him, his performance in pre-season, got him on the practice squad. But nothing much of note with the Falcons. I know you're happy with uh, Ali making the 53, though, aren't you? Yeah, it was just a guy that um, completely off the radar that I sort of highlighted early in the season because he had this connection with Desmond Ritter. Both practised a lot last year as rookies, and they've got this connection. So, yeah, seeing him as an undrafted guy from last year that sat on a practice squad and make the 53 it's quite nice really and it's not the deepest wide receiver room you've obviously got drake london mac hollins likely the two there scotty miller probably the three and and then it, that's pretty much it isn't it uh, did scotty miller make the roster i'm sure he did but it's uh it's not the deepest room so it wouldn't surprise me if ali gets some snaps and from there the quarterback likes him who knows i've got a bit of a, uh, a guilty pleasure in the uh, the falcons wide receiver room i've picked him up lately in uh, in leagues where i'm probably competing and just need some depth but um matt collins i'm in yeah that's the one that's the one i mean he's the zay jones 2023 i think he's, he's <laughs> yeah. just gonna get some decent work isn't he he's he's cost absolutely nothing no one likes him but if you need like 11 points 10 11 points a week he's probably gonna do it every single week isn't he with some upside yeah, I mean, I just had a couple of guys go on IR and I just looked around at the waiver pickups and I thought, do you know what? I quite like Matt Collins. He was really good last year and I just thought he's a big wide receiver. If Ridder's a little bit inaccurate, they throw to big receivers and yeah, they seem to be big all over the place. But yeah, Matt Collins is decent for me and one of my guilty pleasures, I think. Yeah, that's the one. It doesn't feel right, does it? But it's, um, I'm sure he's going to be fine. It'd be a good value. 
Yeah, take us over to the Panthers. I mean, this is a weird roster, isn't it? They kept five tight ends on the roster, which is just a bit of a weird way to carry on. Um, this running back room, we spoke last week about how would it shake out. Um, Spencer Brown was the odd man out. He got cut, um, but added to the practice squad, so he'll be there. Um, Shai Smith, a um, bit of a dynasty favourite a couple of years ago, been projected to be the slot receiver, but he ended up getting cut. So, yeah, weird um, weird end to the Panthers. It's uh, not the, the deepest roster, but I'm sort of interested to see how Bryce Young gets on with this because the line's decent. He's got some interesting veteran weapons and... Yeah, looking forward to seeing what they do with him, really. Five tight ends is just is a bit weird, isn't it? I, I was Hayden. I can't even think of him. There's Hayden Hurst. There's uh, Tommy Tremble. There's uh, is Ian Thomas still there? I think he is. He got paid, didn't he? Yeah. So there's yeah, there's a few guys there that are, yeah, I don't, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But Hayden Hurst was getting good buzz in camp early, but that's kind of died down. So I don't know if there's an issue with him. But yeah, five tight ends, mad. Yeah, disaster. But, um, yeah, we'll take us to New Orleans. So when we're talking of uh, mad tight end rooms, this is another one. So Jimmy Graham, back after two years out, I believe. And is he 37 or 38? And last week he was wandering around the motorway with a headache. But, um, yeah, he's made to 53. So that adds to the tight end room of Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, and Gadget Bum Taysom Hill, who's listed as a tight end. So another weird tight end room down in the AFC South. But um, Daryl Williams was cut. Looked like a good sign for Kendra Miller's health, but then, of course, Miller went down today with a hamstring injury, which never looks good. Uh, Gadget Bum Lim Bowden was cut, but later added to the practice squad, so there wasn't much really around the Saints uh, squad. What do you make of this today? Yeah, the tight end room's very weird. I mean, I didn't expect Jimmy Graham to make the 53, and I've got Juwan Johnson in a couple of couple of leagues. I can't quite bring myself to cut him because he's getting a lot of buzz, but it's quite a busy room, isn't it, in terms of tight end. I just don't know how much work he's going to get. I mean, who would you... Take a punt on out of this room if you had to. Still Juwan Johnson for me. I still I still think he could be decent. Yeah, that's the one, isn't it? I just, uh, I don't know. I think Jimmy Graham could be a red zone problem, which would be annoying. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. That's that's always been his career, hasn't it? And he, even when he was at the Bears, he did nothing at all for us, but still scored red zone touchdowns. So if he's doing that, that's taking off of Juwan Johnson, isn't it? Exactly. Then you're looking at volume and I don't know if he's going to get the volume with Michael Thomas fit and, you know, all these lads. So, yeah, bit of a, a weird tight end room. I, I've got Juwan Johnson. I'm not going to get rid of him. They're, they obviously really like him. He's getting some buzz in camp, isn't he? So, um, it's, uh, yeah, Kendra Miller frustrates me. I, I like Kendra Miller. And just when you think he's got opportunity, he just keeps getting injured, doesn't he? It almost just needs to not quite redshirt him, but just let him sit for a little bit and get healthy. Yeah, I was surprised they cut Daryl Williams, especially early on when, while uh, Kamara's out, they probably could have used Williams as a, as a decent all-round back, but um, it kind of was a good signal for Miller, but then he goes down with a hamstring injury, so yeah, a bit annoying really, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Well, the rest of this um, division, going over to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, not really much of note really going on uh, in terms of cut-downs. They cut John Wolford, the quarterback, but brought him back to the practice squad. Um, I think it just depends what sort of jobs are going on LinkedIn. He's probably got a few <laughs> offers. <laughs> but but um, interesting, the wide receiver room, Trey Palmer, uh, possibly the wide receiver three, and Rakim Jarrett also made the uh, 53, didn't he? So um, that was uh, an interesting. We actually spoke about Palmer and Jarrett in our notable sort of later picks and undrafted guys after the draft in April. So, um, yeah, nice to see them both both make it. 
Sean Tucker's been getting some good reviews in camp and in pre-season. So I think, you know, Sean Tucker and Trey Palmer, the two to watch really. But um, yeah, Sean Tucker obviously had the health concerns and didn't have a heart of some sort of problem, but um, <laughs> seems to be fine now, doesn't he? I just really wish that they had a, a wide receiver called Eric B. Then you could have Eric B and Rakeem. <laughs> that would be elite, in fairness. <laughs> bit, bit, bit niche, though, if you had a wide receiver called Eric B. But, uh, you know, I respect it all the same. You would be laughing him to everywhere, though, wouldn't you? Elite. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Trey Palmer, I, I really like him. Talk to me about Palmer. Yeah, I do. I mean, I like the catch that they highlighted last week where he's come over to defender. I don't think people thought he had that in him, but yeah, I think he's looked really good in pre-season. What I've seen, he burned Sauce Gardner in practices as well, didn't he, the other week? So the speed's there. That wide receiver free roll is there. It's just whether there's going to be the volume with Baker the bum at quarterback, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. That is the problem. But yeah, I, like you, I think it was interesting to see that catch because we know he's got the speed. I think he's got 4-3 speed, isn't he? Very, very quick. Um, but showing he's got that contested catch ability was, was excellent. So, um, yeah, really, really like Trey Palmer. I picked him up in quite a few a couple of weeks ago. Sort of after week one, I just thought I'm going to go all in. Um, but yeah, he was a, a sixth round pick. And I think Raheem Jarrett was, was even earlier, was he? I can't remember, fourth or fifth. Yeah, somewhere around them. What about Sean Tucker? What are you saying about Sean Tucker? I don't know. I, I sort of, I'm fully in on Rashad White, so I don't want to believe in Sean Tucker. I did stash him and Zach Evans quite late on in a few, just because they were going around the same sort of zone, weren't they? And the health stuff does worry me. I can't see why 32 teams turn him down in the draft if there weren't serious problems. But hope he's healthy. Hope he does well, because it'll be good for good for him and good for the team. But... There's definitely a path there. You know, talk to me. Are you in on Sean Tucker? Elite name. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's definitely one to keep an eye on for me. There's just not much behind um, Rashad White, is there? So there's definitely a role for him. And I think he always had the pedigree. It was just the health concerns. If those health concerns go, then I think he could definitely uh, definitely have a role there. Yeah, I mean, Keyshawn Vaughan was getting some praise early in camp. I mean, that doesn't worry me at all. I think it's going to be the Rashad White show with Tucker mixed in and all it takes is for Rashad White to fumble. He had a few issues last year. Um, then Tucker could get some work. So, yeah, definitely worth a stash. So let's head over to the, uh, the NFC West. So I'll start with the 49ers. So Brandon Allen made the uh, made the 53 as quarterback free behind Purdy and Darnold. Makes me kind of wonder if Brandon Allen had also beaten out Trey Lance for the quarterback free roll, which was kind of depressing. But not much going on. Willie Sneed was cut. But um, he was later added to the practice squad. He could end up being a nice depth piece later on in the season if they get any wide receiver injuries. Willie, Willie Sneed's kind of decent all-round wide receiver for, for depth, isn't he? But not much going on with the 49ers. What do you make of that? Yeah, I don't even want to talk about them, really. They've annoyed me. There's just no way that Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy are, are good enough to be leading a franchise. I just find it mad. But it's what they do, doesn't it? He has to show everyone how smart he is and... I still don't believe in Purdy. I know that everyone loves him and I'm sure he's going to be fine, but I just don't think he's an elite talent. He's Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. I don't really care about his little testing numbers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it annoys me as an as a organisation. Do you know, I don't think you're a Purdy man. No, I'm not a Purdy man. I'm not a Donald man. Do you know what I see happening at the 49ers? I think they take Kirk Cousins in free agency next year. Wouldn't surprise me at all. He's, he's that exact sort of... Uh, system quarterback isn't he for Kyle Shanahan he'll love him 
Shanahan loves him from his time in Washington as well, doesn't he? He's, he's apparently always been linked with him. I think they take Cousins next year. Yeah, it's why, do you know what? There was a lot of talk about could Trey Lance go to Minnesota because I think he's from Minnesota and it would have made a bit of sense. But yeah, it didn't, didn't happen, did it? So yeah, I mean, this is a disaster. I don't know how healthy Purdy is. They're managing his reps. He, apparently he's only allowed to throw up to 100 passes a day at the moment doesn't really scream health to me if a week before the season you've got to manage your quarterback's throwing reps because his shoulder's dodgy it's just a bit weird yeah I don't like the whole situation at quarterback there let's move on I know you're going to like this Seahawks one aren't you yeah so Seahawks uh Jake Bobo uh makes the 53 so I'm actually a bit frustrated because we meant to speak about him last week we're not just jumping on the bandwagon we actually mentioned Jake Bobo the 2nd of May in our um, post-draft roundup as an undrafted free agent to keep an eye on and he makes the 53 he's from UCLA really really productive there it's a really nice story I think isn't it so he's been really impressive in camp excellent pre-season he's a really big body guy I think he's six foot four really good on contested catch situations and he can actually get open. He's not the fastest guy. I think people look at player profile. They see he's got a, a 4.99 40 yard dash. It's not true. He, he basically did his 40 yard dash at a pro day in the rain. So that's why it's such a bad time. Player profile. If it's a pro day time, they add 0. 0.5, 0. 0.05 seconds onto the time as well to account for the fact that it's not at the combine. So ignore the speed scores on player profile. He's plenty fast enough. But this is um, quite a nice little story, isn't it? Seeing an undrafted guy make the roster. Yeah, so we, we spoke about him, you and I, a couple of weeks ago in the uh, in the DMs. And I mentioned he, like, I liked him, but his speed put me off. And this is where you told me this this whole speed story. So I just imagined you down at the UCLA Pro Day with your, with your little stopwatch. Uh, tell me what happened. That's that's me. I was down there with my Casio and, you know, I was firing <laughs> up these, these, uh, these measurements. But... He doesn't even look like a 499 runner. He looks, I don't know, he probably looks like a 46. He's not fast, but he's he's going to be fine. And I mean, there's potentially a role for some work there because he's pretty much the same sort of archetype as a DK Metcalf. But, you know, there's going to be work for, you know, some some snaps for him, isn't there, I think, on the roster. So, yeah, I really like this, uh, this for Jake Bobo. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they don't have another big body, do they, apart from DK? Exactly that. And there's talk that I know that JSN's back in practice, but, you know, could he miss some time? You know, obviously Tyler Lockett's 30, 31 now. So, yeah, uh, one to keep an eye on. I do quite like him. I always like to see an undrafted guy make the roster, and he's very, very productive with our boy Dorian Thompson-Robinson, um, the quarterback at UCLA. So, yeah, very, very good for Jake Bobo. In rest of the news, really, Seahawks, they cut uh, quarterback Holton Arlers, and uh, the running back, the name that we like, Sir Roderick Thompson, got cut. Brian Kobach and Matt Landers, they all got added to the practice squad and probably all keep an eye on them apart from the quarterback. But Sir Roderick Thompson, I think, uh, looked quite decent in preseason. So he's one that I think definitely is worth keeping an eye on there. Yeah, I quite liked Matt Landers as well. He's um, he's a really good uh, physical speed profile uh, receiver. He's a little bit older, but um, he was really productive at his college as well. So yeah, I quite like Matt Landers and he's one to watch as well if they need to call someone up for me. It's Matt Landers, the lad that did the uh, was an athlete of some sort, no? Um, I can't remember. He's got a really, really impressive forty time, and he's 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 a decent build as well. He's he's been compared to Robbie Anderson, which is a bit of a letdown because I hate Robbie Anderson, but um, he's got the good pro- he's got a decent profile for for what he is. So I think he runs a, he's run a four three seven, and he's got a speed score of one hundred fourteen point two, which is a ninety six percentile. So 
Yeah, it's already six foot four and two hundred pounds as well. So everything is there for him. It's just whether he can uh, actually uh, change that into uh, efficiency. Yeah, well, a couple of guys to keep an eye on there. Will take us to arguably the worst roster in the entire league at the moment, the Rams. Yeah, so this is dreadful. But um, Brett Ripien was cut and later added to the practice squad, which likely means that Stetson Bennett is is the quarterback too for the season. So n- probably not a bad pickup, Stetson Bennett, if you want to. If you've got no startable quarterbacks and you want to sort of gamble on quarterbacks who may get a game, Stetson Bennett may be the one. If Stafford picks up an injury, or there's every chance they could trade Stafford later on in the season if they're going nowhere. But um, Royce Freeman and Tyler Johnson, previous favourites and dark horses, but they've been added to the practice squad after they were cut. My boy Lance McCutcheon, completely cut and probably out of the league. So uh, pull one out for uh, Lance McCutcheon. I think he landed on Houston's practice squad, actually. So he's not quite done yet. The dream, Yeah, he's not completely done. Yeah, the dream's not dead. It's not. (laughs) Keep him alive. Keep him alive. I mean, this is a disaster of roster, though, isn't it? It's dreadful. Yeah, I mean, even like Royce Freeman and Tyler Johnson, I mean, they've been over a few teams now and they've decided they're not good for so. Yeah, those on the practice squad is uh, pretty dire, isn't it? Yeah, it really, really is. Well, um, on to another absolutely terrible roster, the Cardinals. Um, they're only carrying two quarterbacks at the moment, so it's going to be Clayton Tune or Joshua Dobbs to start the season. Kyler Murray is still on the pup list and misses at least the first four games, but I think we probably know it's going to be a bit longer than that. Um, podcast favourite and Dolphins uh, deep tight end project, Elijah Higgins got cut and he got added to the practice squad at the Cardinals. He was the most claimed player on waivers, five claims. So um, we were on to something. It didn't quite work out in Miami. I'm sure the Dolphins are fuming that everyone wanted this guy because I'm sure they would want him on the practice squad. But interesting landing spot because Zach Ertz is there and obviously Trey McBride as well. But Zach Ertz could very well move. He's 32 coming off an ACL injury, I think, or is it an Achilles? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Trey McBride hasn't yet hit. Yeah, so in serious injury. Wouldn't surprise me if he leaves. So um, I suppose the... the key thing really is does Higgins still stick as a tight end or does he revert back to being a wide receiver there were rumours that one of those claims was from the Essex Eagles but that's not substantiated yet <laughs> I thought it was the uh, the Braintree Badgers had interest <laughs> as well but uh, I mean who, who's starting here at quarterback is it Josh Dobbs or Clayton Chun? Um well Dobbs is a favourite of the offensive coordinator uh, Pet Singh who brought over from from the Browns, but um, I'd go with Tune, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Dobbs because they traded for him. But what do you think? I think it's going to be Dobbs, sadly, and it felt disgusting. But I've got um, in one league, I've got Kyler Murray and Trey Lance and Russ Wilson as my quarterbacks. Murray's on the pup, and Lance is obviously dead. So I actually claimed Dobbs, and I'm probably going to have to start in week one, which <laughs> is disgusting. No one wants to be in that position. Yeah, yeah it's terrible, but I'm going to have to. I need to get by. So. Yeah, I suspect it'll be Dobbs. And... Yeah, I mean, what do you reckon Higgins is going to convert to a tight end or is he going to go back to wide receiver? Um, I think that he probably stays as a tight end and Ertz moves on. And I think that's probably where a lot of teams see Higgins in the future. Is, is that a tight end sort of mismatch? Because I don't think he's got the juice for a wide receiver. I mean, he, he could prove that he has, but I'm not sure I see it. What about you? Yeah, I think he's probably going to stick at the tight end, isn't he, really? I just I don't think as a, a wide receiver he's special, whereas if he hits as a tight end, he could be special. So, yeah, gutted it didn't work out in Miami because uh, the door was open there. We'll talk about their tight end room, but it's not over. Obviously, five teams claiming him. That's um, 
suggests there's something there with Higgins, isn't it? Yeah, let's shoot over to the AFC East. You take us to uh, Buffalo. Yeah, so in the AFC East, really, they uh, cut a few guys, really. So they cut Darrington Evans and Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson got added to the practice squad. Um, and Andy Andy Isabella was probably the biggest wide receiver that got, got cut and landed on this practice squad. He was once a second-round pick. I think he went before DK Metcalf, if I remember correctly, which is crazy, but it's been a bit of a disaster. Khalil Shakir just about survived cutdowns. There was talk that he could get cut, but he did hang on and stuck on the 53 just. Um, but a lot of talk out of the Bills this week is that James Cook's going to get a lot of the work and uh, they're going to run him into the ground, which is fantastic news for a Cook's owner. And I don't know if you saw the news about Stefan Diggs. There was a lot of talk that um, apparently Stefan Diggs doesn't really care about football, hates Buffalo. He basically just wants to go out and go to nightclub, pop bottles and go to strip clubs. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe we should adjust ranks wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, I never really liked Stefan Diggs, but when I saw that news come out this week that he hates Buffalo because the strip joints are rubbish, I kind of moved him up the rankings, to be fair. I mean, to be fair, would you want to be in Buffalo in the cold? It's snowing, it's crap. The fans are nutters jumping through tables. Or do you want a nice, easy life in Florida, down in Miami, and decent weather, shorts and T-shirt, nightclubs, on a boat? I know exactly which one you go for. Yeah, I don't want to be in Buffalo. He's probably fed up there and just wants out somewhere nice and warm, as you say. Yeah, but not much else going on for the Bills, really. So uh, take us to Miami. Yeah, so obviously they cut Miles Gaskin. He later moved on to um, to the Vikings 53. Actually cut Robbie Anderson, which I was surprised about, but it's probably due to the fact that he's called Chosen now. I'd cut him just based on that, to be fair. But um, former sleeper lad uh, for us, Kiki Kuti, was binned again. So that's probably uh, that might be him done in the league or he could go to the XFL. But Darrington Evans was signed to the practice squad and he could have a chance over the upcoming weeks with Wilson out and most picks up picking up injuries. So... Maybe Darrington Evans is one to keep an eye on that they could always uh, elevate. Pod favourite Elijah Higgins, as we spoke about, leaves. Um, he's cut. He's gone to uh, the Cardinals. This leaves a, a tight end room of Durham Smythe, Julian Hill, and two nobody tight ends in Nick Bowers and Tanner Connor added to the practice squad. Probably the worst tight end room in the league by far. But um, Cedric Wilson, wide receiver free now. We've chosen gone. Um, we said follow the money and he's restructured. Uh, there's just there's nothing else behind him. Braxton Berrios, I know, has had a, a decent camp and people are saying to keep an eye on Braxton Berrios, but he's probably going to be fourth or fifth, uh, fourth or fifth read for tour in that system, isn't he? He is, yeah. And when we looked at the roster breakdowns a few months ago now, we did say about Cedric Wilson, he was getting paid the most, so it made sense that he would be the, the three and... Obviously, restructuring this week. I thought they were restructuring him to get some cap space for Taylor, but it didn't quite work out, did it? But I think he profiles as the three there. Yeah, I definitely think they were restructuring for Taylor. They just couldn't get the deal done with that lunatic Jim Irsay, could they? Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, um, up in New England, the Patriots, this is a weird few days for the Patriots, really. They cut Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham. Left themselves just with Mac Jones. They ended up re-signing both of them to their practice squad. And then they added Matt Corral at quarterback from the Panthers. Now, the Panthers actually paid a third to the Patriots years ago to move up to get Matt Corral. So the Patriots ended up getting the third and ended up with Matt Corral anyway. So that was a bit of a weird situation. But in theory, Matt Corral is now the backup quarterback because Zappi and Cunningham on, on the practice squad. Matt Corral's signed to the active roster, I think, because he's he's been claimed. So, um, 
yeah, very weird situation. Uh, the running back room, very, very strange. They cut Kevin Harris. Um, obviously, Pierre Strong got moved. And um, Ty Montgomery also got cut. So Harris and Montgomery land on the practice squad. But the actual active running back room is now just Zeke and Ramondre Stevenson. So it's really shallow. have to think they'll probably do something. They can't just roll with just two running backs, can they? Um, very weird. And then um, Farrow Brown signed as a tight end depth piece on the practice squad. He knows Bill O'Brien. And I think the interesting point for the Patriots is... Keyshawn Butte and uh, Demario Douglas made the 53. Butte was obviously started the camp dreadfully, didn't know if he'd make it. Tyquan Thornton, bit of a disaster. He's on the IR, but I think Butte and Douglas made the 53 and, yeah, could have an opportunity, couldn't they? Yeah, I definitely like um, Demario Douglas. You was on him very early, but I think he's going to have a chance this year. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, I just think he's... he's... I think Bill's had enough of him. I think he's going to be done there soon. And I think there's a chance of Boutte as well, isn't there? He's going to get in on some packages. And if he shows up, then I think he could do well. I think Kevin Harris, I've always really liked him as a deeper sleep running back. I think he still could be as well, you know, with being on the practice squad and just Zeke and Stevenson as the active running back. So probably still a chance for Kevin Harris, but I've cut him everywhere. But um, if I can sort of make any room, Kevin Harris is one I'd want to be picking up. But um, that quarterback room looks weird. I don't think um, Cunningham will ever play um, running uh, quarterback for the uh, Patriots. I think they'll move him all around everywhere else like they've been doing in preseason. Yeah, he'll play like a bit of wildcat and a few gadget plays, won't he? And, and that's probably fine. In the pre-draft process, we both quite like Cunningham as a, you know, a rushing quarterback from Louisville, but he's very small. He was never going to be a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's just too small, isn't he? So I think he's 190 pounds. You're not going to play quarterback in this league. Yeah, we'll look ahead uh, to six years and he'll be Bill's slot receiver, won't he? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I take it. Interesting though, he'd never played receiver. He, he said that he, he did it because he was being asked to do it, but he's not done it before. So just shows that he's just a versatile, good football player, really. The fact that he can just get out there and start playing receiver out of nowhere. That's... um quite interesting yeah Bill likes them smart lads who, who can adapt and do things like that as well so I think there's a future him on that practice squad and potentially in, on the 53 one day definitely will take us to um, to New York so we're down at the Jets so Zonovan Bam Knight was the casualty at running back with Dalvin Cook coming on board so he was cut and then later picked up by the Lions Travis Dyer was also cut as well Jerome Cap, the idiot on um, Hard Knocks that did the dreadful uh, Eminem rap, so he's he's been cut and they've not even put on the practice squad. To be fair, if you're dropping raps like that or that that bad, I'm not I'm not picking you up and you can get out of the league. To be honest, what do you make of that one? Yeah, agreed. I mean, I said last week, really, they probably heard him rap and just kicked him straight out of the building. Um, I've not seen the latest Hard Knocks and I, I don't know if the cuts are on there just yet, but I've heard they're not showing the cuts. I'm gutted. I'd love to see him packing all his stuff up in like a black bin liner, um, fuming last week. You did actually. I've seen Hard Knocks and they did say that Cap got cut after the, uh, after the last preseason game and they did show him with his black bin bag. So don't worry, we'll get to see it. <laughs> He'll get to see it. It's fine. Good, good. I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, some other news. Xavier uh, Valade. So, he was signed to the practice squad. I believe he was with the Texans, wasn't he? Um, uh, the Steelers. I think he was. He was. Um, I think he was Texans, then Steelers, and then then now to the Jets. So, he's been around the league already. <laughs> wow, three stops already, and he's only a rookie. So, uh, 
Kunz was cut from the tight end room and signed to the practice squad. I think everyone expected that. He's about seven foot, isn't he? He can always go into wrestling if you don't do anything in the NFL. But um, somebody needs to step up in that tight end room. They've got CJ Ozoma, Tyler Conklin and Jeremy Ruckett. And I think it's prime for one of them to become sort of Aaron Rodgers' safety blanket, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've gambled on Conklin and a couple, but there's a lot of talk that Ruckett's really stepped up. He was quite highly rated last year coming out. So, yeah, there's an opportunity for someone. CJ Zoma's probably one I've got no interest in at all. I think Conklin's just an all-round good tight end, though. So he's who my money's on. How about you? Yeah, Zoma kind of does a lot of the dirty work and a lot of the dog work at tight end. I just think that Conklin is the, is the one to gamble on out of this tight end room. Yeah, great. We'll take us to the, uh, the AFC North. So, yeah, the AFC North. So uh, one of my actual favoured teams, the Baltimore Ravens. So Melvin Gordon was cut but lands on the practice squad. Uh, Josh Johnson Josh, Josh, Josh and Anthony Brown were added to the practice squad. <laughs> so they're rolling with Tyler Huntley as the backup quarterback. Uh, Laquan Treadwell as well. Uh, has he made the practice squad or has he made the 53? Surely the practice squad. He's on the practice squad. He just won't go away, will he? <laughs> He always seems to turn up, doesn't he? And he'll, he'll probably play games this year and be useful as well, won't he? He stinks of the Ravens, though, doesn't he? Just absolutely stinks of a Ravens receiver. Yeah, absolute Ravens lad. He's big. He's going to do some blocking on some runs. He's just a dirty, dirty Ravens wide receiver. But uh, So they're running back room for the season for the uh, the Ravens. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell. So... Not a great deal of depth there. Keaton Mitchell's a little lad as well. He's currently injured at the minute. Justice Hill's never been the biggest and the fittest. So it's Dobbins, Edwards, and um, maybe a late call-up for uh, Melvin Gordon one day, or maybe they could add a, a vet running back. But um, one to keep an eye on, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, Keaton Mitchell, um, I think we both quite like, but he's small, he's injured, and Edwards has missed a lot of time. So is Justice Hill and, and Dobbins has been out and arguing over contracts and stuff. So, yeah, I think one to watch. They've not been shy about adding running backs in the past, have they? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the scheme change will mean they're not so bothered about running backs these days. But, um, yeah, under Greg Roman, they wanted loads of running backs on the roster. I don't know if that'll be the same now that um, Todd Munkin's there. But, yeah, just one to keep an eye on, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Well, on to Cincinnati. So the Bengals, they surprisingly cut Trevor Simeon out of nowhere as the backup quarterback. But in better news, they signed my boy Will Greer after an excellent final game for the Cowboys. I quite like this from the Cowboys. They basically told Will Greer that he was getting cut, but they agreed to give him all the snaps in the final preseason game just to sort of show out a little bit to see if he can get a job. And he was excellent. He threw for something like 350 yards and four touchdowns. He was throwing left-handed touchdowns. He was excellent. Um, and he lands in a really good situation in, in Cincinnati as the backup to um, just gone completely blank there. Joe Burrow. <laughs> You've forgotten yeah, Joe Burrow. who the quarterback was. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm so excited for Will Greer. I forgot who Joe Burrow was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's not going to get much work there, but it's a nice scheme fit. He's a really good passer. He's not quite worked out in the NFL for him. I'll always like Will Greer as a West Virginia guy, but um, yeah, it was quite nice. I mean, the rest of the league, they cut a load of nobody wide receivers and tight ends, including former Patriots third round flop Devin Aziazi. I just don't like any of these lads that Patriots picked up that year. They picked up Demetric Felton from the practice squad um, after he was cut from the Browns. And Stanley Morgan, wide receiver, lands on the practice squad. I thought this was the miserable lad from the office, the US office, but wide receiver for the Bengals, apparently. But I, mean, on the practice squad. I mean, what was Stanley Morgan's 40 time? Because he struggled getting down the stairs in the office, didn't he? 
unless it was Pang Taco Day. He loved Taco Day, didn't he? Yeah, he shot Runs there, didn't he? 3.7. <laughs> yeah, Taco Tuesday. He loves it. Um, but yeah, not much else going on here. Demetric Felton was a, an interesting one. He got a bit of work in the preseason for the Browns, and there's not a huge amount behind Joe Mixon. I, I don't think he will do much there at all, but they picked him up very quickly in division, didn't they? I think that Demetric Felton's an interesting one. I think that's possibly one to keep an eye on because he's a pass-back, pass-catching back as well, and there's not much of it there apart from Chris Evans, really. So that's one to probably keep an eye on, I think. Yeah, definitely. So uh, heading, the Browns. heading on down to Cleveland. So PJ Walker was cut from the greatest franchise in football um, and he was added to the uh, the practice squad of the Browns. He's probably the third quarterback behind, um, obviously, Deshaun Watson and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, but probably a nice scheme fit as well, isn't it? PJ Walker matches up well with those two. Jalen Darden and Austin Watkins were signed to the practice squad after being cut. I quite like Austin Watkins' pre-season work and what he did, and he was he was a deep sleeper when he got picked by the 49ers, but he just never seemed to stuck to a roster at the minute. So um, practice squad is probably decent on the Browns, and there's a chance if there's injuries later on in the season. But um, one of Sean's um, deep sleeper uh, tight ends, Zaire Mitchell-Payden, so he lands on the practice squad after getting cut, and he had a decent pre-season as well. I think he's a nice little stash at tight end, if you've got any room, um, he's probably one to keep an eye on. But they just cut a load of deeper um, wide receiver uh, guys. I think Anthony Schwartz was probably the biggest name of the lot. He, he had a lot of speed, and they think he was going to be the deep option, but it seems to have been taken by Marquis Goodwin, who's had a lot of um, injury issues with blood clots and stuff like that. But he, he's beaten out Anthony Schwartz, and that, that could be Anthony Schwartz done with the NFL now because he's only really got that speed and he's not done anything with it. But... Um, Kellen Mond, been spinned once and for all. He's cut, probably heading for the XFL or the USFL, isn't he? Yeah, exactly that. It's uh, Yeah, Schwartz is one that, coming out, I think he runs a 4.32. He's a very, very fast lad. I think he's a track athlete, so he can go and do some running, but he's not going to play in the league, is he? Yeah, no, I think that's it for him. But, um, yeah, move on to the Steelers. Yes, yeah, so the Steelers, um, not much going on, but they signed uh, a couple of loser wide receivers in Semi Fahoko and Des Fitzpatrick. I think Des Fitzpatrick was a third round pick actually by the Titans a couple of years ago. Um, but they both got cut and signed up to their practice squad. They cut a load of nobodies, um, cut Xavier Valaday running back, and they cut Hakeem Butler again. So Hakeem Butler was really highly rated a few years ago coming into the league, got cut, bounced around a bit went to the XFL and was brilliant and this was his chance to come back and very quickly cut again by the Steelers so yeah he's done absolutely nothing again I mean the running back room they've got Najee um, Jalen Warren and Anthony McFarland is the running back three so you know decent one and two and McFarland's just a guy but not much else going on so um, yeah maybe something else they'll add to the practice squad at some point but not much else going on in Pittsburgh Hakeem Butler's a, one of those um, hybrid wide receiver tight ends as well, isn't he? Was he in as a tight end this time, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. He initially came into the league as a wide receiver. Then he converted to tight end, I think, with the Eagles. Then he went to the XFL and came back as a tight end. So, But he was one that was in the running for wide receiver one in his class when he came out and just never made it at all. Um, complete bust. Yeah, strange one. Let's move over to the AFC South. So... Uh, the Jaguars, no huge surprises. Um, they caught Snoop Connor and Jacob Harris, but both made the uh, the practice squad. Nathan Rourke as well, the uh, the preseason wonder play, so he's made the practice squad. He looked quite decent in preseason as well as the wonder play that he had. Parker Washington and Tim Jones make the fifty-three. 
Tim Jones sounds like the most boring wide receiver I've ever heard of. Um, sounds like he makes really good shirts, though. What do you make of this one? Yeah, I'd definitely buy a shirt from Tim Jones. Um, but yeah, Parker Washington made the 53. A bit surprising, really. But um, yeah, no other surprise on this roster, really. Snoop Connor's a guy that I've been interested in a little bit, but the running back room there now, uh, Travis Etienne, uh, Tank Bigsby and Dernis Johnson, that's it. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that Snoop might get a call up at some point if Dernis Johnson misses any time. Uh, Jacob Harris, again, another one of those wide receiver tight end hybrids, isn't he? He was on the uh, Rams, wasn't he, last year? Yeah, he's a freak athlete as well. I think if you check his player profile, he's the 99th percentile pretty much for everything, isn't he? He's just a a freak athlete wide receiver. They tried to convert and missed a year or so with injury. Again, just interesting. He's just got the profile. He might just be another Hakeem Butler and just bounce out the league. But um, always quite like these freak athletes, don't we? Yeah, for sure. So take us over to Texas. Yeah, no surprises here really either. Cut loads of rubbish depth, lads. They had loads of nonsense on the roster. Um, Larry Roundtree, Jared Dokes, they cut another seven wide receivers and four tight ends. It was a busier exit door on cut day. Uh, Lance McCutcheon signed to the practice squad um, and the other third round tight end loser that the Patriots signed the other year, Dalton Keane, got signed to their practice squad. I mean, I think the Texans, their roster's looking fairly decent for a rebuild, to be fair. I think Nico Collins very clearly slots in as a wide receiver one now. But then you can take your pick from the other wide receivers. I think anyone could really step up. Uh, Damian Pierce, for me, I think is in line for loads of work here. But looking like quite a nice little rebuild in Texas, isn't it? Yeah, they finally seem to have sorted themselves out. They've probably got the quarterback now. He's looked decent in, in some of the preseason action. Give him time, build around him. He's got a decent O-line there as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully they've finally sorted themselves out, the Texans. Yeah, absolutely. Take us to Indianapolis. So Kenyon Drake was cut, wasn't even signed to the practice squad, um, even despite Taylor being on pup. So the, the running back room right now as it stands is Evan Hole, Zach Moss and Dion Jackson. So that's their running back for at least the next four games with Taylor on pup. Whether that gets added to or not, I think that looks a bit weak right now, doesn't it? Hole's a rookie, Moss has been terrible and I quite like Dion Jackson. So um, it's not the strongest, there's, there's options there, but... It wouldn't surprise if they had somebody with those first four games coming up. It just depends, I guess, where they see themselves as a franchise. The wide receiver room at the minute only has uh, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce and Josh Downs. But um, I saw today that they did sign back um, Isaiah McKenzie as well. They did cut him, but they did sign him back as well, which is weird. A lot of teams have been doing this. McKenzie was cut and then added back. I think the Patriots did it with a couple and other teams have been doing it. I don't know what the point is, but um, yeah, McKenzie's back. So there's just the four of them on, on the depth chart. Amari Rogers and James Washington, Brashad Perryman, Michael Straken, uh, Jake Funk. Um, they were all cut, wasn't they? But Jake Funk and Jason Huntley were added to the practice squad with Amari Rogers and Michael Strachan. Um, not much else apart from that, really, but they're kind of, kind of thin at running back and wide receiver at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, I just couldn't really believe how many wide receivers they cut. I mean, James Washington's never quite hit in the league, but he's just a veteran wide receiver. Brashad Perriman's been fine, and Amara Rogers has never quite made it, has he? But just strange to see them cutting everyone when the room is very, very shallow. But this, um, I didn't see they'd sign Isaiah McKenzie back, but I don't know what this is. A lot of teams have been doing it. I don't know if there's a some sort of cap implications where you cut someone and bring them back. I don't know what the impact of that is, but... It seems to be a thing. Yeah, a lot of teams have been doing it, haven't they? And I saw, when I saw the, the show sheet, I, 
I just saw that he'd been signed back and I was like, this is just weird. A lot of teams have been doing it. So, um, you know, I don't know. We'll probably get the thinking behind it soon, won't we? Yeah, very weird. But either way, this uh, wide receiver room is very, very shallow. I really like Michael Pittman for some reason at the moment. I'm just, he got 140 odd targets last year and didn't quite, you know, wasn't quite as efficient as we'd like him to be, but potentially in line for a lot of work, particularly if Taylor misses time and, tight ends are missing out so yeah there's going to be some work here and our boy Josh Downs is getting a bit of buzz isn't he as well now yeah I really like Pittman and Downs this season I mean what we've seen out of Anthony Richardson so far he can be a bit errant with his throws and a bit inaccurate and and Pittman's a big bodied receiver so he's going to be useful isn't he so yeah for me I really like Michael Pittman and Josh Downs in, in this room I'm not a massive fan of Alec Pierce I know you quite like him don't you yeah, I, I like him for the price, I think, really. He's, he's quite cheap, and I think he's going to get good work. Uh, Andy Richardson's got a really good deep ball, and Pierce is a bit of a deep deep threat, really. So I think he could be quite valuable, but he's not an alpha at all. Pittman's the alpha, and I think Downs could be really valuable in the slot. And if they've got no real tight end of note, it just increases the, the targets into that slot, doesn't it? So, yeah, I do expect Downs will increase in value by the, the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, definitely. So take us over to Tennessee. I mean, nobody of note really cut all landed on the practice squad, really just a load of absolute rubbish. I mean, it's a dreadful roster. Malik Willis likely comes in as a quarterback too now. And I I imagine if Tannehill goes down at any point or isn't performing, I think he'd be the backup. Will Levis, um, probably a redshirt season. He's missed some time with injury. It's probably not the worst thing. They're going to be terrible. So just redshirt him. Let Malik Willis go in if he needs to and who knows he might have a chance of being a starter or even getting a trade somewhere um Traylon Burks has actually come back Kyle Phillips gone on IR again I know that we both quite like Kyle Phillips but I, I finally just cut bait with him today it's second season in a row missing time on IR I've just got no interest now he's wound me up um but Ty J Spears looked excellent in pre-season he's so shifty he cuts on a dime and really shifty and change the direction i really really like the look of him at the moment still worried about this knee situation i don't know if i'd go all in in dynasty but if you can get him thrown into deals i think that's quite a decent um decent pickup obviously derrick henry's still the guy there but i just think given how terrible they could be it wouldn't surprise me to see him getting a move at some point if they're not contending or competing by the sort of mid-season henry surely would want to get a move wouldn't he yeah, I mean, Henry's got to be looking for a ring now, hasn't he? If if they crash and burn again, the Titans, the roster looks terrible. And if they're on a down, I don't see why they wouldn't try and trade Henry to get some sort of value back. I mean, what's the point of him being in Tennessee right now? There isn't any, is there? I mean, I know Vrabel thinks they can contend whatever they've got because he's a proper football guy, but it just it looks silly to me. Yeah, agreed. It's... um doesn't really make sense to hang on to him especially when you've got Ty J Spears uh you know showing out like he did so yeah we'll take us over to the west yeah so the Broncos they cut Kendall Hinton former uh spot starting quarterback wide receiver and Ben DiNucci who, who signed to the practice squad with uh Tyler Bailey, Dwayne Washington, Philip Dorsett and little Jordan Humphrey David Seals he even got a place on the practice squad didn't he they must be desperate down there for that bum to get signed but um they went to cut Albert O, but he managed to sneak. Uh, Howie Roseman, as we mentioned earlier, managed to sneak in there with a seventh. So um, the Broncos clearly like Adam Troutman. I think he's a, a bit of a, a Peyton favourite, isn't he? But um, not a lot of depth at wide receiver if Judy does miss quite a lot of time. 
Jaleel McLaughlin, who I quite like, I've added him to quite a lot of rosters. He made the 53, so he, he could be an interesting stash. A lot of people are saying that he could be uh, Sean Payton's uh, Daryl Sproles because he's a very good receiver uh, in, in uh, pass-catching running back. So, um, yeah, I quite like the look of Jaleel McLaughlin. You've obviously got um, Javonte and P. Ryan there, but I think McLaughlin could be the free, which is uh, which is nice for him as, a, as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, it's nice for him to make the roster. The only concern, he's quite slight. He's 5'8", 187 pounds. So he's not the, the biggest back. But to make the 53 as an undrafted guy, I think is excellent, isn't it? So, yeah, I always like to see these undrafted guys make the roster. Yeah, nice. So take us over to Kansas. Yeah, so um, Michael P. Ryan and Deneric Prince got cut. I know Prince was your boy and there was a lot of talk he could make the 53. I think he did everything he could, but got cut both got added to the practice squad so it's not completely dead Clyde Edwards-Hilaire still hangs on by a thread he made the 53 I just think he's on the last year of his rookie deal they're obviously not going to activate his fifth year option so um he still hangs on by a thread but the rest of that room is is quite shallow it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire Isaiah Pacheco who's still not 100% healthy and Jarrett McKinnon so I don't think Clyde is completely dead yet if Pacheco misses a bit of time Clyde might get some work early on um, but the big news, I think, really, is that Justin Ross made the 53. Uh, I think this was really good to see, really. It's an uncertain depth chart, and obviously he's got so many injuries, and I think he broke his back. It was quite a serious neck contusion, wasn't it? And to see him come back, play football, make some plays in camp and pre-season, and then make the 53 is excellent. Sky Moore been described as an every-down player by the GM, and Rice and Justin Ross have been described as package players. So I think you'll need to be patient on Justin Ross and Rushy Rice, but Sky Moore's the man. Cornell Powell still can't quite crack it, can he? So he's on the practice squad again. He's just a bit of a loser. Quite highly rated coming out, but he's never going to crack this roster, is he? I'm not giving up on uh, Deneric Prince, by the way. I have in a couple. I've just moved him. I think if I've got him on the taxi squad, I can't move anything. I'll probably still keep him there. But if I can, I'm, I'm just going to get someone else now. You're, uh, you're going strong, are you? Yeah, I mean, I did trend, I did uh, swap him out for Emmanuel Wilson in a couple. But um, I, I kept him in a couple as well, just because I think there's going to be a chance for him. I was really, I, I was actually surprisingly quite gutted that he didn't make the 53, because I, I thought he was going to all the way. But... I think he's going to be the first one called up if they uh, if they have any issue at running back, and I think he he could crack it at some point. But um, nice to see Sky Moore going where we think he might. And yeah, nice story for Justin Ross as well. That's nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, and obviously it remains to be seen how healthy he can be. But you know, I think if he'd come out a couple of years ago, he would have been one of the wide receiver ones, wouldn't he? So based on what he did early on in his career. So really nice to see. I, I have tried to capitalise on this, though, and move Justin Ross, because I seem to have got Justin Ross, Sky Moore, and Kandaris Tony everywhere, and need to shift one of them. I'm not moving our boy Sky Moore. So, yeah, Justin Ross is absolutely available if people want to pay me. <laughs> so I'm going to shoot over to Vegas now. So Darwin Thompson and Damian Willems were, uh, were cut after Josh Jacobs obviously come back. Since Sam McCormick's gone to the practice squad, Marquez Callaway signed after being cut by Denver. I was surprised he was actually cut in Denver. So, um, yeah, he's gone to the Raiders practice squad, and I think he could uh, he could get a call up at some point to the wide receiver room. But um, Keelan Cole um, was cut with uh, Trey Tucker's made the fifty three. Wasn't much else of note really, and um, probably need to see how the tight end room shakes out because it's Austin Hooper and uh, Michael Mayer at the moment, isn't it? And a lot of people are saying that Hooper's getting the bulk of the work right now. 
Yeah, and I don't think that's that surprising, really. He's the veteran, and he's shown that he can be fine. He was excellent a couple of years for the Falcons, wasn't he? And didn't quite crack it in Tennessee, so it wouldn't surprise me if he gets more snaps early on. But I, I trust the talent of Michael Mayer, and um, hopefully he-, he breaks out throughout the season. But it's not often that the rookie Titans do that, is it? It does take a bit of time. Yeah, it can take up to three years with some of these rookies. But um, Marquez Callaway cut by the uh, the Broncos. What do you think of that one? Yeah, that was surprising because he's a Sean Payton guy. He came in and basically picked up all of his old bums from New Orleans, didn't he? So that was a bit of a strange one, particularly given the injuries of, you know, to Tim Patrick. And don't know, just shows, you know, is there something we don't know? Uh, very quickly got picked up by the Raiders. So as you said, he might be in for some work. He's a guy that you absolutely loved. I had him on quite a few rosters and he put up a couple of okay games over the years, didn't he, for an undrafted guy that you paid nothing for? Yeah, he was. Uh, I was big on him about three years ago. I honestly thought he was going to be the breakout star wide receiver, but yeah, he, he kind of let me down. He was okay, he was fine, but yeah, I was expecting big things, and uh, I've never been the same since, really. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll take this over to Los Angeles, really. So uh, Max Duggan, the uh, the quarterback, he got cut, um, surprisingly, actually. landed on the practice squad. I just think he's one of these guys that's excellent in college. He's never going to translate this to the NFL. He's fine. Uh, they also cut chubby funster Larry Roundtree, uh, the running back. He measured in at about 253 pounds a few years ago when they were on hard knocks. He's just an absolute disaster. A uh, load of other depth lads signed to the practice squad, including former Hard Knocks favourite Keelan Doss. He was uh, a bit of a Hard Knocks guy for the Raiders, wasn't he, with uh, John Gruden a few years ago. I think the running back's the interesting situation here because Josh Kelly looked really, really good and Elijah Dotson actually made the 53 as an undrafted guy. Um, haven't seen much about Isaiah Spiller, but he's stuck on the roster as well. So it's pretty much Josh Kelly, Elijah Dotson and Isaiah Spiller behind Austin Eckler. So one of those is likely to be viable, really, because they need to rest uh, Austin Eckler. He keeps saying that he wants to you know, be rested, doesn't want every touch. So take your pick. Who do you think is getting those touches? I don't know. I think at the minute Joshua Kelly is going to be the backup, but we've seen enough out of Kelly to suggest that he's not going to be a long-term option. So I've picked up Dotson in quite a few just because he could be the option, and I've still got Spiller on the rosters that I had him on because he, he could, you know... He's going to be a year older. I think he came into the league young, didn't he? Is he going to be 21 or 22? So there's still a chance of Spiller. So as you say, one of them's going to be viable. It's just picking out which one is going to actually crack it as, as the backup to Eckler, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Spiller is 22. I haven't quite cut him where I've got him. The reason I quite like Dotson is because you can put him on the taxi squad. That's the key difference, really. Yeah. Spiller has to sit there and take a roster spot, and it just annoys you. As you said, Josh Kelly, ironically, is probably the one that's going to be the, the leader to start the season he's the one I'm least interested in just because I don't really see the upside other than perhaps some early season work so yeah for me I'd gamble on dots and stash him on your taxi but I'm not against uh, rostering Spiller because he came out so young that there's definitely an opportunity there quick little uh, quick little I mean, the rest quick of- little quiz question for you while we're on this Larry Roundtree give me a guess at his uh, 40 time <laughs> I'm going to go for four Oh, not bad. It's 475, the big oaf. That's not bad, is it? I mean, (laughs) if you're a running back, if you're running anything over 464, I mean, game over, isn't it? But (laughs) this is the one he genuinely came into camp, didn't he? And he he was about 30 pounds overweight and he was basically told got to lose weight. And he came back two or three weeks later, put weight on. And we're not talking muscle. He's just 
proper lazy. I mean, I could do with losing a few pounds, to be fair, but I'm not getting paid millions of pounds to, to rush about a field. So, yeah, just stinks of laziness to me. <laughs> yep. Um, but the rest of the room, really. So Josh Palmer quietly outperforming Quentin Johnson in camp. And I actually wrote this uh, sort of show sheet and did a bit of research. And I said here is going to be the wide receiver free to start the season. But just before recording, it actually got released. One of the beat writers for The Athletic is pretty much reporting this, that Josh Palmer is opening as the wide receiver three ahead of Quentin Johnson. So he could be a, an interesting value. Keenan Allen's missed some time over the years. So is Mike Williams. I mean, Josh Palmer, I don't think special at all. He's just an average bog standard wide receiver. But if he's on the field with Justin Herbert and getting some snaps and getting some targets, he could put up some early season work, couldn't he? Yeah, I mean, the reports out of camp have been really, really good about Josh Palmer. They reckon he's taken another step and, you know, our, our, um, Justin Herbert elevates his wide receivers anyway. But it ties in with Quinton Johnston not looking great in camp. And I don't know, Quinton Johnston will likely come through, but I don't think he's going to surpass Josh Palmer quite that easily just yet, is he? No, especially if you don't need to. If they're performing well, why would you? So he's a first-round pick. It's not going to quite redshirt, but... They don't need to rush him along. They've got three decent veterans ahead that will probably give them a better chance to win. He's just going to be in on those um, those speed packages, though, isn't he? Because he's got that blistering speed, isn't he, QG? QJ? Yeah, that's the thing. He's also got rock hands, though, so he can blitz past anyone he wants, but I just don't really trust him. So, yeah, I don't know him in a single league. I think you're the same. I've debated, should I try and get him somewhere just to get some exposure, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I don't really want him, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. Well, I think that's the roundup of all the rosters, isn't it? And all the cuts. Yeah, so we're the only probably nerds <laughs> looking at uh, roster cuts, practice squads, and, and, and the geeks that are getting cut. So, uh, yeah, it's something that we like to do, isn't it? We go in on the deeper guys. But um, let's move on to some trades. So this week in uh, in Adecampo League, I gave up uh, Khalil Shakir and Chigozima Conquo, and, and I got back Sky Moore. Now, um, I did this because... I just wanted a little bit more depth in my wide receiver room and I saw that the guy that I traded with had um, had a bit of a tight end issue and I was happy to give up a Conquo because I added um, K-Dot on off of waivers as well. So a Conquo was kind of my fourth tight end and I just saw it as a chance to upgrade my wide receiver room and, and lose a tight end that I was happy to lose really. But I know you, I know you thought this was robbery, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, you did this because you're a thief. That's, that's the only reason you did this one. I mean, I had to check, and just to put it in context, this is not a tight end premium league. There's no premium at all. I like Okonkwo. I think he's decent. Khalil Shakir, we've both liked over the over time, but he's, at the moment, cuttable, nearly. I mean, I nearly cut him. So you've pretty much paid Chiga Okonkwo in a non-tight end premium league for the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver one. I had to go for a walk when this came through. I don't think it's that bad. I think you just make out that I'm a thief in all my trades. Yeah, I mean, that that is part of it. But this one particularly, you are a thief. But yeah, do you know what? It just shows that you've got to throw these offers out there. And importantly, you looked at what the guy's missing. If he's missing a tight end, you know, throw the offers out there. But I think you very much win this one comfortably. Yeah, I always do look at what, um, what teams may need. Because I think if you throw a piece in that they really need, it kind of tempts them a little bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, was there any back and forth on this? Was it just uh, an offer and it got accepted? Yeah, I just threw the offer out and and it got accepted. So I expected maybe to come back and maybe want something else or, or, or change it a little bit. But yeah, I just threw it out and it got accepted. I actually, um, 
he's um one of our friends as well so i actually saw him that day and he um he said to me if you robbed me with that deal but um i i didn't go into it with intentions of robbing him he's, he's a good lad rich so um yeah i can't say any more than that yeah yeah we'll, we'll move on before you lose a friend <laughs> Um, in, in, in the same league, uh, I gave up uh, J.K. Dobbins and a 2024 second, and I got back Kenny Pickett in a 2024 third. Um, now I think most people probably thought I lost this one, but I just I'm really strong at running back, and Dobbins was probably about my RB five. I just didn't need all the running backs, and I did need a third quarterback, so I felt I could take a little bit of a hit here. I'm quite high on Kenny Pickett, so I'm happy to sort of perhaps take a a little hit here and move it on but what did you make of this one yeah I quite like it you are really really strong at running back in that league and I, I think you needed a quarterback and I think as well when this draft for this league was up at 102 you could have taken a quarterback but you took Jameer Gibbs which I think was the right move and you've moved an older running back for the quarterback you could have taken at 102 so I think you've worked this one out really really well down the line because you've you kept Gibbs at 102 and then you've managed to get a running uh, the quarterback as well down the line so let's just go for your running backs in that league. You've got Bijan, Etienne, you've got um, Jameer Gibbs, obviously, as I've just said. I think you've got Jonathan Taylor as well, haven't you? Uh, I've got Brees Hall. That's it, sorry, Brees yeah, Hall. So, so, yeah, not bad, is it? Yeah, Bijan, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne and Jameer Gibbs. It's arguably four of the top five dynasty running backs. So then I've got a couple of depth guys as well. I've got like a Brian Robinson and, you know, Damien Harris that, that might get a bit of work. So, and I've then got Ty J Spears and Kendra Miller as the upcoming guys. So I really could afford to lose Dobbins, who I'm sure is going to be really good, just to get a, a decent quarterback free in Kenny Pickett. So I, I was quite pleased. And this was another Trey Lance league that Trey Lance has killed my quarterback free spot. So I just needed a guy. So, yeah, I thought it was quite fair all round. The person getting Dobbins was probably quite happy. They needed the running back. It worked out. Yeah, you're quite high on Kenny Pickett this year, aren't you? I am, yeah, I really like him. I was uh, in the off season. I was quite high on Pickett. I just think it's all set up for him. The line's better. He's got really good weapons. Got a bit more comfortable towards the end of the year. He can rush a bit more than people give him credit for, and he's been brilliant through the preseason. I think he got a perfect passer rating. So, um, wouldn't quite say the sky is the limit. He's never going to be a, a Josh Allen, but I think he's going to be good. Which I think is all you need is your, is your quarterback two or three, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. So then I've been a busy boy this week, actually. So another league of ours, the Thoughts and Prayers League. Um, I gave up Jordan Love. It's a Superflex league, obviously. I gave up Jordan Love and Justin Ross. And I got back Kenny Pickett in a third. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty much a wash, really. Jordan Love for Kenny Pickett. And Justin Ross is probably worth about a third if you believe in him. So uh, the guy that I was trading with, he's a Packers fan. I knew that he liked Jordan Love. Um I like Jordan Love, but I just think there's a lot of question marks and he might be a one-and-done one guy. really just depends, whereas I think Pickett, a bit more secure long-term. So uh, I felt I could make that deal. And again, it's probably about even, but what did you make of it? Yeah, I like this deal from your side. You're getting the um, the more sort of guaranteed quarterback in, in Pickett and you've only really lost Justin Ross and, and Jordan Love could be a one-and-done, as you say. So... Yeah, I quite like this one. Um, Kenny Pickett and, and the third's just a nice little bonus, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's, um, I mean, I picked up Jordan Love fairly cheap not long ago. I paid Odell Beckham in a 2024 second to get Jordan Love. So, yeah, overall, I ended up with Pickett in a third for, for not that much, really. So I was quite pleased there. 
in that very same league, I've been quite busy again. So um, this is a league where I sort of got a decent enough squad, but it's sort of on the brink of needing a rebuild. So I've blown up a little bit. I've moved on Kirk Cousins and AJ Brown and a 2025 second, and I've got back Justin Herbert, Michael Pittman, and a 2025 first. So I've taken a, a hit at wide receiver, swapped a second for a first, and I've swapped Cousins for Herbert. Um, so for me, I'm, I was really, really pleased with this deal because I don't think the gap between AJ Brown and Pittman is is that huge that I should be getting Justin Herbert here. So I was quite pleased. So. You like to call me a thief and talk about robbery. I think this is absolute grand larceny. <laughs> talk to me. Why? What's going on here? You're getting Justin Herbert, who is all-worldly. You're getting Michael Pittman, who's younger than Brown and not that far away. And you're getting a first to give up Kirk Cousins, who's a free agent and he's, what, 35, 36, whatever he is. I do like AJ Brown, but, you know, he's going to be on the cusp of um, dynasty age soon, isn't he? And a second, I think this is, this is a win for you all day long for me. And it's, uh, it's our boy Alex as well. I hate to say this, but he's, uh, he's been done over here. I feel, I feel, I feel bad for him. Breaking news. Actually, I've got this wrong. I got the second. I gave the first. So oh. I gave, so, so it was Kirk Cousins, AJ Brown and the 25 first for Herbert, Michael Pittman, and the 25 seconds. So not quite, as slam dunk there, so I'm not quite a thief, am I? Yeah, no, that's a little bit better that uh, that Alex is getting the first. Not so bad now, really. So you've you've made it out like you're a thief, but you're not actually. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm a good guy. Uh, do you know what? I think if it was a 24 first, I probably wouldn't have done it yeah. just because I'm rebuilding. My 24 first could be very early. Yeah. Um, but for 25, I trust myself enough that in two years I'm going to be rebuilt a little bit, and it'll be middle to to late. So. Yeah, it wasn't as bad. Kirk Cousins, Brown, and a 25 first for Herbert, Pittman, and a 25 second. Yeah, so I've not been so busy with the trades this week, but we can talk about the uh, the trade that nearly went down between you and I in our rookie league, can't we? Oh, we've gone back and forth a little bit, haven't we? So you need a quarterback, don't you? I've got four. So you've been sniffing around Jordan Love. And in fairness to you, you made a reasonable offer of a 24 first and um, Hennon Hooker. So pretty much a 24 first because Hooker is just a big question mark. You don't quite know. Now, the reason I didn't take it is purely because this is the league that we do where you draft before the combine. So the first just aren't as valuable because I've burnt a couple of firsts over the years in this league. So I took Charbonnet in the first before the combine and not quite lost that pick, but they're just not as valuable. So we've sort of gone back and forth a bit, haven't we? Can't quite get it over the line. Yeah, you come back with um, Elijah Moore in a second for Jordan Love, and I, I did really, really think about it, and I was tempted, but I just, I don't want to lose Elijah Moore because I've not got a lot of depth at wide receiver, so that's why I was rejecting it. But the offer, the offer in in value was was pretty spot on, to be fair, and yeah, the the, the Elijah Moore and, and the second for Love was probably close, but I just I couldn't give up Elijah Moore. I just don't know if I trust Jordan Love to lose Elijah Moore, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's difficult because I've got a decent starting lineup there, but my depth is dreadful. So that's why the pick didn't quite do it for me. I need someone that I can actually slot in at times this season because, I mean, my my wide receivers, I've got Garrett Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, Jerry Judy. Then after that, the drop-off, my wide receiver four is probably Rondell Moore. So a bit of a drop-off for my wide receiver room. So that's why I was looking at Elijah and seeing if I could get something done. But... 
Maybe we'll see if we can fresh something out. Yeah, when they come back to it, I'll, I'll have a look at it. But um, you've not seen Hard Knocks yet, have you? No, no, I tried to watch it this afternoon, actually, but um, it's not yet on Sky On Demand. I missed it last night, so I'll, I'll catch it hopefully tomorrow. So this this rundown is purely from me then and on the notes that I made while I was actually watching it. So for me, Nathaniel Hackett, complete loser, complete nerd. I'm definitely on Team Sean Payton, and it's not often you say that, is it? Um, no surprise to me that the Broncos were garbage last year. He's a complete loser for me. Um, this tries to play... Best friend to everybody. Um, I'm not sure he even adds anything. He's just a Aaron Rodgers cheerleader, to be honest. Rodgers seems to be actually kind of running the offense, and I think Hackett's there just to cheer him on. Um, Rodgers was shown getting angry with a lot of uh, practice errors and um, kind of fixing them as well, and Hackett's just there on the side cheering on, and, yeah, well done, and, yeah, he shouts out encouragement, but... Seems like Rogers is kind of running things from the offensive side of things, but um, he really, really likes Garrett Wilson. Yeah, he really likes him. He, there was a point in practice when he's frustrated, he's annoyed, the linemen are not doing their job, there was full starts, he calls Garrett Wilson over and says, look, let's sort this out. They kind of had a head-to-head and, and, and called out a few routes between each other and what they should be doing, what they need to be doing, who to target, and, and he was nailing it to Wilson on every chance. So... Looks like Wilson's in for a big season because if, if you're Aaron Rodgers' best friend in fantasy, then uh, th- that's big, isn't it? But um, nice friendly competition, uh, friendship and competition between Xavier Gibson and, and Jason Brownlee, both um, undrafted free agents, and they were both kind of competing for spots on the 53. Jason Brownlee's a bigger-bodied, explosive threat, and, and, and Gibson's a small, quick slot, so probably a bit of a backup for uh, Randall Cobb, but. Whereas Brownlee compares to Corey Davis and, and Gibson to Randall Cobb, um, they both ended up making the 53-man roster, so actually really good for both of them. And they, they come across well in the programme as well. They, they're quite good friends. They met at, um, I think, the Senior Bowl. But, um, yeah, not a bad episode this week. And um, let's be honest, it's just a big Aaron Rodgers fanfare, isn't it? But um, have a look this week. You, you get to see your, your, your boy... Uh, what was his name? Jerome Cat, the crappy rapper. So you get to see him pack his little black sack. So it's probably worth you catching up just for that, isn't it? Yeah, I can't wait. I hope they properly kick him out because uh, that was a disaster last week. So, but yeah, do you know what? I don't really mind it. It's been an okay season. It's gone on the days. I think the Browns one was excellent, wasn't it? And the Raiders one was really good. And the last couple of years, it's not been great, but I still quite like it. I quite like seeing what's going on and. It's obviously a bit of a PR stunt, isn't it, for uh, for Rogers? He's obviously playing up to the media, and he's in New York now. It's a different situation, so uh, yeah, it is what it is. But I do quite enjoy it. All. Yeah, the stuff between Gibson and uh, Brownlee was nice, and yeah, it's nice to see them both make the fifty-three, and both of them probably have a chance, and and, and two to keep an eye on, I think, in the long run, because Cobb gets his injuries, and and Davis has gone, so these guys could have a role at some point. And I think Rogers seems to like Brownlee as well, the big guy, the, the Corey Davis replacement. I think he quite likes him, Rogers. So um, never too bad to be liked by Aaron Rogers, is it, if you're a player? Yeah, exactly that. So I think that concludes us this week. We'll be back next week with more news. Although you're, you're away, aren't you? Are you away next week? I'm away next week, yeah. I've got a fly out Wednesday. I'm, I've actually arranged the flight to come back Saturday night, so I'm back in time for Red Zone on Sunday. So uh, I'm sure we'll, we might squeeze something in before the start of the season. Yeah, we might try and squeeze in a little profile uh, before the start of the season. But if not, we could be, uh, we'll could we be back with a recap of week one. But um, 
if we can't fill that in, you know, we'll be back with week one. But uh, please don't re- forget to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Again, we've had some uh, spurious reviews from utter peasants. But um, podcast is available to download on most popular podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're available on Twitter at Adjust Ranks. We'll be back next week, possibly, or if not, week one. Until then, my office is fully open. And as always, league winners are still available from my facility. 